Oh my goodness, my friends. This is a fantastic episode. We get to talk with Matt McDonald from the Classic Crime and Vocal Few. Uh, two excellent musical groups, one of which is on the rockier side, the other one's on the um, folkier side. Both excellent, and you can tell his songwriting strain runs through both of them. Um, he's going to be on a... Actually, as of this moment, he is on a West Coast living room acoustic tour where he's writing songs, playing some songs from the classic crime, and hanging out with people. So check out theclassiccrime.com if you are hearing this anytime but before the middle of February. Come out and see him. Come out and see us. We'll be at the Mission Viejo show, which is where I live, actually. On January 29th, go to theclassiccrime.com, get tickets, support original art. And I'll just tell you, his interview starts around the 40-minute, 40-second mark. And I only tell you that because it's a longer-than-average intro from Jeff, Scott, and myself. We talk a little bit about beer and also a book I have been reading called Christianity Without Insanity that I'm generally positive about and Scott thinks is apostasy. So that is fun, but it also leads to a longer intro than usual. So if you need to get to Matt, get to Matt. We still love you. Let us know what you think at brosbiblesbeer.com and all the socials are brosbiblesbeer, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So thanks for being here. I love your face. All right, maybe you're not empathetic. You're just selfish. <laughs> I, <laughs> that, I think that that's actually... We are grabbing that. That's definitely going to be one of our quotes. That's the cold open. <laughs> Lucifer Principle. Right. I need to read that book. Where is that? Fiction? No. Where'd you see that? Yeah, next Howard Bloom. To, uh, next to the s- sword of of s- Shannara. It's a le- it's a revolutionary work that explores the intricate relationships among genetics, human behavior, and culture to put forth the thesis that evil is a byproduct of nature's strategy for creation, and that it is woven into our most basic biological fabric. <gasps> I heard him on Joe Rogan, and, and it was an impulse buy. It sounds revolutionary. Huh? So revolutionary. Yeah. But also, Satan is revolutionary. You're revolutionarily Satan, satanic. That was a great comeback. Yeah. I'm really on point. Zoom, zing, got me. Zach, what do you got going on? I'm glad you asked. I love that twinkle in your eye. Hey, well, right right up top, why don't we get it out of the way um, and apologize to Scott. He ignored you. Um, well, this is what I got going on as a review. Oh, you're going to talk about me. We're okay, apologizing well, yeah, to Jeff. Scott. Why are we well, apologizing we to Scott? Well, you know me. I probably will, but you won't. We've got this review. On iTunes or Apple Podcasts, which we encourage you to do, it is a uh, three-star review. Which, hey, if you listen to this uh, person, individual, one of you guys can read this thing. Wait a second. Did that say we were on Podcast 98? Yeah. So 
This is 99. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Does that make you feel good? I don't know. We've we've got to do something for the century, Mark. Yeah? Like have another podcast. Oh, I don't know, Um, man. Episode number. Maybe on the Queen Mary. We'll take it out. The gay bar? Mm. (laughs) No, we'll just unhinge. That's a gay bar, right, Scott? No, we're going to unhinge the Queen Mary (laughs) in the the Port of Palm Beach. And we'll take that sucker out for its second ride. Oh, yes. Um, the Bluth family. Do you know the sail sorry, us out Do you know there? the history of the Queen Mary? Yeah, it just had one. It just sailed once, right? Or it, it did it. I think I'm so. just throwing throwing it out and there. They docked it. I don't know why. It's a beautiful ship. Maybe because it wouldn't do what it they wanted it to do. <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> Man, that's anyway. good nautical talk. All right, what, <laughs> what do we what do we got here? We got a three star review and. Um, Unlike some podcasts, we read them all. Okay. We'll take whatever we can get, because one of us is desperate. <laughs> okay. You want me to read that? Go for it. Let Let Scott Speak. That's the title all of right. the review by Jeremiah J.B. Oh, boy. While I love the topics and the moderate, open and balanced viewpoints expressed... They have some great guests, and I relate to Jeff and Zach a lot. Their treatment of Scott has been off-putting to me. I do trust they are friends, but it doesn't come across that way on the show sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I I was starting to feel that. I was just shut up. Looking for shut up, Scott. Scott. (laughs) I feel Scott. Did you can't leave your often... first iTunes review, Scott? Is that what this is? <laughs> yeah. I feel Scott can't even... Oh, sorry. Can't often express himself. And while I don't usually agree with him, I want to hear his rebuttals, questions, and opinions to balance the podcast out. Scott, did you leave this review? <laughs> Do you think I would only give three stars? <laughs> yes. I mean, I yes, appreciate the would. review, but three stars? All right. No, thank, thank you. you, Jeremiah. I want, I'm curious as to when he started, um, because I could see. I think what goes on sometimes is there's carryover between our on-air, I'll just say, and off-air conversations. So depending on what has happened, conversating, conversating-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe we, we might be quicker on the trigger of like shut up Scott. Shut up Scott. Like, because we can go around in circles, right? But that doesn't always happen on air. And I think sometimes maybe there's a, a itchy There's finger. a whole lot of conversations off air. Right. And so sometimes maybe Jeff's like, That's enough. We need, we need to move on. Get to the practical stuff. <laughs> enough of that theology bullshit. <laughs> well, what I'm hearing My is words, just Jeff's. a bunch of excuses. <clears throat> yeah, so hey. I'm not going to say sorry, but I I think a strength of our podcast is what Jeremiah, JB, was that JB? JRB? Doesn't J- matter. Jerbear? I think Jeremiah. it's important. We should look up. We should look at, <clears throat> go back to that. Just we'll call him Jeremiah Three Stars. Because it's a given uh, Native American name. Hey, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah Three Stars. <laughs> The views and opinions expressed on this show don't are all bros, bibles, and beer. Just own it. Uh, 
Hey, if you hear this, Jeremiah, and we do a better job cleaning up our act, hey, will you improve it to four or five stars? Yes. Yeah. That'd be great. I appreciate you listening. Yeah, we do. um, Thanks for the review. I will definitely be looking out for these guys. I'm not promising uh, anything. They uh, they clean up their act. You're going to pull the J card? Yeah. Do you feel like you're not getting your say? Pull the JJRB card. <laughs> Pulling the three-star card, guys. All right, moving on. <laughs> yeah, that was... We just did... I just want to do feedback. Okay, great. Done. Hey, yeah, Zach, what are we drinking? Great. So... What are we drinking here? Hold on. Guys, what are we guys, drinking? Um, I don't even know what I'm drinking. I know it's beer. Precisely what he's talking about. Okay. It's a Gotta Have It IPA from Left, our friends at Left Coast Brewing Company. I mean, I, I paid for it. It's not like it's from our friends. Like, Is it a double? They gave it to us, but uh, I was helped out by our, our good friend, Rusty. How is Rusty these days? Rusty, how you doing? Let us know. Okay. Leave a rate, review. <clears throat> Preferably in my favor. <clears throat> Oh my gosh! That's how I, we communicate with our friends now. You can just do it, do us a favor and go through the Facebook page. You can't even Facebook them anymore. It's got to be. On, if you can't find download. us on socials. Forget a friendship. So Scott, you were saying. Sorry. No, it's a good beer. Oh yeah, yeah. Is it? Is it a double? That's five. That's about five words. Yeah, it's a double IPA. I think it's nine percent. Yeah, it's, it likes. Oh, go ahead. No, it's breaking my January. <clears throat> Were you dry? Uh, does it look like I'm dry? Mm, there's kind of a wet spot. And moving on. <laughs> no, it starts like like it's gonna be a. It, it's def. You can tell it it's a double, and it starts like it's gonna be that, but then it kind of just calms down. It doesn't linger as a double as long as others. And I guess to me, yeah, in my opinion. All it's right. a good opinion, Scott. You know, I'm just going to let you have your opinion there. You got your input in, and that's that. All okay. Right. Now I'm done. All right. What else? On? Hey, what else is going on? How's your wattage? My wattage? Um, well, my my um, it's it's terrible. We're talking stocks now. Oh, Man, my God. God. It was a bad December. It was a bad <laughs> December yeah. for all. It's only down 30%. Um, yeah. Oh, that that stock, yeah. Watt, yeah. Yeah, W-A-T-T. Manergis. Yeah. Anyway. Is that an actual stock, Watt? It is. It is. And that's the one you guys that's have been looking at? Well, no. I got out of it a long time ago. I right feel- when I got into it, and then it went down. <laughs> so you're saying Watt is a short? Uh, uh, it's well, dangerous. We are not, it's a dangerous uh, stock. I mean, we're not giving it. Or maybe there's a yeah. short squeeze going to go on. I have no idea. I think it's more of a scam stock. That concludes all of the verbiage related (laughs) to financial trading that I have to offer. Well, their competitor won the contract with Apple. They won the contract with Toyota to put the uh, wireless charging. Mm. That was at QI, I think. QI, right. Uh, So they, yeah. um, But they recently were energists. They... um, they got some FCC approval last month, and that helped a little bit. At one, at one day, it was up like thirty percent, or or, or right. fifteen or something, fifteen to thirty percent. I forget. What's but then the next day it just dropped. Well, right yeah. Back. What's interesting is the same exact thing happened last year at the same exact time, like right hey. before the new year. It went to it spiked like two hundred or three hundred percent, 
and then came all the way back down. Yeah. Well, so it's a scary, yeah, scary mm-hmm. stock. Yeah, I've been day trading. I told Zach about this. It's been a long time. But I'm like, you know what? I need to get a lot of that credit card debt and throw it in the market. Okay, not just day, yeah. not just day trading, though. What do you mean? No, not just day trading. I've been long on stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that too. Not only that, but day trading how? Oh, you're, day- you're, you're not just behind a desk. Not like my... No. That's no, not. I'm You've day- got like a mobile <clears throat> office. Yeah, I'm right. My phone, I'm day trading. <laughs> buy, buy, sell, sell, buy, sell, sell short, buy, buy to cover. All right, you can but look that up. Look like- those... A couple of trades a day. It's like right at the beginning of the day, I'm like walking into work. I've got trades on the board, like rolling. I'm like, I got to check. Have you made a trade in a Starbucks or McDonald's? Oh, yeah. Definitely Starbucks. <laughs> Why not McDonald's? Uh, I don't know. But Starbucks, I'm usually, it's usually the last hour of the uh, of the trading day. and or <clears throat> And so I'll... I'll be in there like grabbing a coffee and be like, man, should I close this out or just wait and run it to the end of the day? The only problem is if I run it. What's going to happen after hours? Yeah, that's scary. It's like today. Like I actually closed a trade and then went the other way at the end of the day. And now I'm hoping that tomorrow brings good cheer. Hmm. You mean you you, you were... I was you short. To go, oh, you were short. I was short a company. You sold your short, and then you went Bought along. It. I've been doing the same thing with the company the last couple of weeks. Wow. Mm, you're like a cat just toying with that company. Yeah. The company's it, like a fuzzball on the carpet. Just glad it's not toying with me. <laughs> Yet. So mm. I, re- I read this uh, article today about a uh, some somebody. They're not sure who yet, uh, but they bought 19,000 options contracts of the S&P 500. Mhm. And it's it's a lot of money. Options uh, for for the future going up, uh for it to be at 2100 by December of 2020. What is it right now? Like 15? 1600? Come is on, this, Yahoo. Is this the whoever this is, they know somebody did that. Do these names get dis- disclosed at some point? Is it all public information, or can you keep that stuff private? No, that stuff's private. It, if they are, it depends on the company. Um, so if if they're oh, dude, comp- the S and P's at twenty five eighty, and they're predicting it goes down twenty. Mm. So they're predicting a twenty percent drop by. So we're talking around election time. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe I read it wrong, but anyway, maybe it's thirty thirty one hundred. <laughs> Uh, well, so Zach, yeah, it depends on the company. So if if the company's, if it's like a hedge fund or something, there'll be certain uh, certain parameters that if they that they'll have to disclose that they they have the, this position. Mm. Um, but if if not, then if if it's, I don't think it's a private person. It's probably some fund. But I'll have to, I'll have to read that again. But anyway, it's a big contract, and I. I apologize for bringing it up and and uh, having no story behind it. And well, I forgive really you. Knowing. And this is guys, who knew? For but all anyway, your stock yeah. needs, go Gross look Bible's it up. Beer. But but anyway, if if it if um if they're oh. right on their call, then they then they're they're gonna make uh five five hundred million in premiums or something. Okay, that I mean that's why it's I do want to bring this up though, since we're Bros Bibles and beer Constellation brands. 
is dumped and and has been dumping. And if anybody out there knows, Constellation I should know Brands this. Owes, Corona owns a lot of alcohol. Is that Corona? Yeah. Yes. Right. Corona. I'm sure. Somebody will correct us. But they, and 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 still, the sales of alcohol and beer are up. Yet they're. It's just there's so much stock took a little bit of a dump though. Huh. I think the growth slowed. Uh, the big brands are making a comeback. They're like. I think it's Bud Light is advertising that they are going to be the first brand to have the nutritional facts. Yeah, what's Shoot. up with that? Which what's with the bow and arrow commercial? Where, have you seen that? That's kind of uh, funny. No, <laughs> it is kind of funny. But, it's, they're shoot- <laughs> but I'm like, what's the big deal oh, with, shooting the with labels? an actual yeah. label on a beer? Because they get to show a bunch of zeros because it's a light beer. They don't have to disclose. There's like... 50-something different adjuncts they can add. Maybe that's wine. It's probably wine. I know they can add a bunch of chemicals for the flavoring and all that stuff. They mm-hmm. do some voodoo Formaldehyde that they don't have to put on the label. But bleach. basically they can say there's like two and a half grams of carbs or whatever the hell it is. They can say zero calorie. Or I don't It's not zero calories, but they can right. show all these low numbers. And that's, you know, that's kind of making a comeback over the huge... We're drinking an IPA that probably has like 300 and something calories in it. Yeah, so they're put options. So I think it is. Oh, we're back to the stock. Yeah, for it to go back down. Man, roller coaster. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So (laughs) back to beer. I totally lost the train of thought. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm so back to when I. Listen to me, guys. Back to when I first started drinking a beer was the, the commercials. For Dos Equis, the most interesting man in the world, which I might add, that guy left, or they dumped him for whatever reason, got a younger guy, and then they're like, wow, we really blew it. Now nobody likes our commercials anymore, and they dumped that guy. And they don't even run the Dos Equis commercials except for some stupid like football the one. Or- the original guy, the most interesting man in the world, the guy they replaced him with, looks like old Michael Phelps. I think you're yeah, seeing serious. what Michael Phelps looks like, or maybe since the <laughs> Olympics, Michael Phelps aged a whole whole bunch. But that's I, that's a that trips me out every time. Hey, my point being though, the Bud Light, I saw their commercials, kind of like Dos Equis. I'm like, hey, I kind of like these commercials. Maybe I'll have a Bud Light. The blue cans, the bottles. It works on simple people, Jeff. You'd the, be surprised. The night. I like beer, and those are good commercials. I want to have... I will reward them with my business. (laughs) I'm going to have blue bottles in my... (laughs) Brain fart. So going back to the Constellation brands... Oh, stocks again. Great. (laughs) Hey, man, you know? You got Google on the phone. Uh, so it's so they're 40... uh, Bros, Bibles, Bonds, and beer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, it's $4 billion investment in Canopy Growth, a Canadian marijuana company, and expected weakness in its wine and spirits business affected its outlook. Jesus Christ, for pot or not? Hell yeah. Not on this bet. Hell yeah. yeah. In hell, yeah. No, there is no hell, Jeff, so oh. I can say hell yeah without fear. Okay. Did, you, did you say in hell? Does it matter? You know what, what I okay. meant. Okay. All right, let's get this party started. Well, we've got a guest tonight coming up on Bros, Bibles, and Beer. We're going to call him up in just a few minutes. Who is it? Matt McDonald. 
Classic crime. The classic crime in Vocal Few. He did, I think he's still doing a podcast. It might be on hiatus called Don't Feed the Trolls. I want to ask him about that because uh, internet trolling has been at an all-time high as far as I can tell. Hmm. And he's going on a solo acoustic tour where he's playing... Yeah, I want to ask him about doing creepy shows, concerts, coming to strange living people's rooms. houses. <laughs> he's coming near to us. He's coming very near Downstairs to us. Downstairs. At the end of January 2019. Yeah. And uh, you have an opportunity to be there. And I think we'll be there. Will you be there, Zach? Uh, I think I'll be here. There. Here. Yeah. Over there. That's I'll be fan, over there. It's fantastic there. when yeah. you throw a concert I'll slash be... party and you don't show up. Yeah. Like... No, I, no, it's just, it's in the area. It's convenient. It's, it's me. And we will be there. It's not about us anyway. It's about Matt. Yeah. We'll talk to him in a minute. But yeah. I got to talk about a book that I was sent from um, the people we may not mention, the speakeasy. Christianity Without Insanity for Optimal Mental, Emotional, Physical Health by Boyd C. Purcell, Ph.D. Maybe Purcell. I'm not sure. Hey, so first impressions, um, as we get into this, you guys look at this cover. Um, guess when it was written. And how would you describe that font? Because you can barely... You have to like look at the title to read it. It's that's, not like it's big letters. That's like 1989, maybe 1980 Calvin times. It's, I, I might put it in the 70s. The 70s? The, well, this, I think my parents had a had a, a picture on the wall above their bed that kind of looked like that, the colors, and that was back in the you 70s. You mean like on the set. ceiling? Or? No. <laughs> Why would they have a... Why would they have a painting or picture that's on the ceiling? That's what I'm asking. So, <laughs> it was... It was, it was Okay, sorry. sorry. Above their bed on the wall. Was it? Was there a, next to the mirror? Was the mirror above it? Or the mirror was on the ceiling. There was no gosh darn mirror, Zach. This is your parents? Yes. There was a mirror. I guarantee it. Your parents. My parents. <laughs> next time, ask your mom. There was a mirror in the bathroom. Okay. Uh, that's kind of weird. Was there enough room in the bathroom? It was a small bathroom. Okay. What was the bench situation? Was there a place to <laughs> sit? <laughs> there, there was no bench. <laughs> How comfortable from one to ten are you with this line of questioning? I'm okay with it. Yeah? Well, say hi to your mom for me. <laughs> say hello to your mother for me. <laughs> okay. Hey, goat. Need to find Say hello to your mother for me. Goat. Uh, so the pit, the, the cover Mark on Wahlberg. the book is a an ocean scene. Sunset. Yeah. I think that was actually the scene. <laughs> so wall. Now that was. I'm just going with my first impressions. I I have some good things to say about the book, but I did want to say when I first saw the book. Okay, the title I'm drawn to. Christianity without insanity. I can't Love read it. it. But difficult to read. It's, it's in, in a yeah. font that's kind of like cursive almost. <sighs> and friends, this book was written. Friends. In 2012. Oh. Jeff, so, you were way off. <laughs> it, the, book, the cover was driving me crazy because it's, it's obviously not for me. Like this is not something I look at and say, I want that book. 
no because, matter what, because of the way that it just looks. because of the way it looks. Yeah, it would be something that is maybe you have to check out for a college class, or you it'd be on the desk of a psychologist or a counselor's. Right, uh, it could yeah. be the cover of a romance novel. Right. Mm, no, just, there's just, not enough skin. We need more skin. You definitely, definitely. Let me see that beach. again. <clears throat> it's just a beach, kind of a silhouetted rock formation. Given that there are the no picture says lost. The picture. Go to the sun. You might have to drown yourself. Salute the sun. That's why I thought it was... Never mind. But you know what? Getting to know this guy a little bit through reading it, he's got this... His website is healingspiritualterrorism.com, and I believe the book that he wrote before this was called Spiritual Terrorism. I like that title. And so this guy... In black, big, bold, Boyd, black font. I think he said Purcell. Maybe it's Purcell. I'm not sure, so please forgive He's a national board certified counselor, licensed professional counselor, board okay. certified chaplain. Okay, the picture makes sense now. Yeah, he's like it, it conveys like serenity and peace, True. And healing, absolutely. Um, and as I read it, I'm like, this guy is he's writing for people that are coming from the uber conservative end of the spectrum mm. that have been spiritually abused or in an environment where it's like in the church very yes and and very fearful like so it's the the title of that book is spiritual terrorism spiritual abuse from the womb to the tomb whoa boom that's the only thing he's missing is boom i like that title yeah it has a ring to it as long as it's not in that that cursive okay so gets okay what so what the book so anyways what what the book as I'm reading it, I'm I'm realizing it's for probably a more older audience people. To, yeah, I, I could see why the cover is this way because he's an older gentleman. He's probably dealt with a lot of um, older people. I'm yeah. guessing the it's young- probably for like forty year olds, fifty. <laughs> so right in our wheelhouse, then Jeff, huh? <laughs> now that you can say that, I just turned forty. Uh, I was just going for it. Um, just for you, but. In a nutshell, he is a big promoter of Christian universalism, which he argues is what the early church taught. We're all saved. He says that Jesus is a universalist, uh, that Paul's a universalist. Um, Don't let those... I mean, there's a lot of information and a lot of backup to what he's saying. Uh, Here's just a couple of thoughts. He, He makes an acrostic out of the chapter title. And he does a, a few acrostics, which leads me to believe that he likes acrostics. If you can look at the chapter titles, Jeff, uh, it says Christianity. Each chapter title starts with oh, a wow. letter from the word Christianity. Okay, so chapter 1 through 12 is Christianity, C-H-R. So R is the third chapter, blah, blah, blah. Y is the 12th chapter. All the way sanity, down. Nice. Holistic health. Religions of the world, integrity of Christians, symbolism of fire, total love of God, inspiration to be like God, ambassadors of peace for Christ, nature, science, and medicine. That's he does a big thing on like creation care and how a lot mm. a lot of Christians neglect that because of what they've been taught about the end. Mm. Um, inescapable love of God, triumph of God. You shall know the truth that frees. One thing throughout the book. Don't I judge a, a book by its cover, right, I, Scott? Yeah. This this is a good lesson because I wouldn't have picked it up ever, and there's a lot of good information in here. He tells a lot of stories um, of real people that have been affected in very negative ways. 
due to because of the teaching. One of the negatives of that is he presents things in a way that see this always leads to that. Mm. He actually doesn't say that, but the implication is that this is what is going to be the fruit of a more conservative reading of scripture. And I I could hear Scott as I'm reading the book. I could hear Scott's comebacks mm. to some of the things he would say, or pick a different. I'm going to call you smart in a second, Scott. Well, Pick a you... different smart guy, smart Christian, oh, wow. a smart... Yeah, take that, JJRB. Yeah. <laughs> Anxiety leads to pornography, leads to masturbation, leads to shame. Stress release. Oh, shame. <laughs> Guilt leads to re- rinse and repeat. <laughs> yes. That, hopefully. That's... Hopefully rinse. I'm, I apologize. I'm Ron that. Burgundy. Just, just let you marinate in that one. Can you uh, can you delete that? From <laughs> no. Oh yeah, we'll edit that out. Um. So there there are some. He sets up logical scenarios and why he believes it's illogical for uh, believing in eternal torment. He's he's very much against the doctrine of people going to hell forever, and he'll make these logical setups where like a because a is true therefore b can't be true or versions of that it was like geometry proofs that don't that only work if you agree with his declaration on the first one which a lot of them are up for debate i will admit it's not like that's any syllogism the premise it all hinges on the premise and the way he presents it is there's no other answer so i think that can be a little unfair on his part even though, full, full confession, I'm sympathetic to where he's coming from in the, the Christian universalist uh, strain. I think there's a lot more to that view than has been given in, uh, in uh, American Christianity. And I think he's part of this movement. He, he calls, he believes we're in the beginning of a new reformation that, that, quote, according to him, that will far surpass the magnitude of the split of the Orthodox Church in 1054, and the Reformation in 1517 and the Anglican Schism. Oh, yeah, I might be mixing this up. In 1534. Regardless, the, there's been a few shifts throughout history that he believes this one will far surpass where basically the church is going to reform under this Christian universalist it's uh, thrust. Um, Scott just said that. What's it called? Apostasy. According to Scott. Explain that briefly. Uh, Not why it's apostasy. What does apostasy mean? 20 seconds on the clock. So apostasy would be moving away from truth. So moving away from the biblical teaching. And in this, so I would apply it to this case, but... Not having read the book. But Zach said, well, universalism in general, but Zach said... I'll just explain what apostasy is. So. Yeah. So there's going to be a big movement. Oh, so basically from people not believing in the truth. No, 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 no. That's according to Scott. According oh. to him, it's towards the truth of Christian universalism. I'm saying that this move would be okay. According mm-hmm. to Scott, it's I, like someone thinking they're hence, running to home from third base, I'm but they're really going backwards. They're going back. Maybe even outfield. Yeah. That's an awesome visual. You're yeah. the guy's running yeah. backwards. He's not. Going- <laughs> Uh, 
let's see. What else do I have here? Loves acrostics. Oh, the, a lot of de- declaratory statements. I mentioned that, that are only true if you believe the premise like the author does. Now, of course, he he's not gonna he has a position. He's not gonna sit there and nuance every single thing. It would it would never end. Uh, so I, I don't necessarily blame him for that. It's just to take note. Overall, I think it's a message that needs to be at least considered because it's something nobody's heard. The stories are heartbreaking. A woman, I think you guys might remember the story where she she killed her. She had uh, postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. And she like in the bathtub drowned her kids. She drowned her kids, oh, and gosh. he he doesn't blame it all on the theology, but he does <laughs> note it was part of the scenario. And she did admit that she was such a terrible person, and she was not going to raise her kids well, and she did not want them to grow up past the age of accountability. So she killed them so that they wouldn't go to hell because of her mm. teaching, because she knew wow. she was a bad teacher. And so he, there's a lot of stories like that to kind of connect. You know, again, not saying it's always, you know, just the way you read the Bible is going to make you do stuff like that, because obviously that doesn't happen all the time, but it's food for thought, Um, and I'll wrap it up, and I'll let Jeff read the uh, disclaimer. Do you guys think we know anybody who's really in bad times, and we just don't know it? Would you ever think that? That's probably every bad situation. No, like... With it, like this woman, she had to have had, like, she had to have had friends. She drowned her kids. I mean, was there, were there any, was there anybody that was like, oh man, I feel guilty that I never talked to her or brought this up or the possibility? Because you don't want to bring up stuff like that because it makes people feel bad. Or if you're completely wrong, then you're like, how could you think that of me? I noticed you being a bad parent. Uh, you're not <clears throat> thinking about killing. You're, I mean, that's a terrible thought. Yeah. I mean, we wouldn't bring that up, but just the idea of in your group of friends, like our group of friends. The deepest, darkest stuff is going to be hidden for the most part. Right. Like, I don't think that about the two of you because I'm like, I, I have a, the pulse of both of you pretty, pretty good. I think you do of me as well. It's like, I'm not going home to like, you know, shoot up the city or, you know, do something terrible. Why would you say that? It's yeah, awfully no. specific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which city in... What are the cross streets? Yeah. <laughs> this city you're not going to assault? <laughs> so that's an interesting question, Jeff. But let me let me wrap this yeah, up. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Kind of the... Um, no, I'm not sorry, one, but go ahead. I got you. One of the verses that a lot of people use in legalistic and less than legalistic circles is where Jesus says in Matthew 5:48 be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect and he points out and and he's mixing quotes here from Rocco Erico from his book and there was light and he said he quotes from his book he, apparently he very he is a he understands Aramaic. Most of us usually equate being perfect with total flawlessness and an infallibility. But the Aramaic term does not imply any such notion. Many of us labor under the idea that we must be perfect. And he has a story after story of people that are reminded mm. that they're not perfect and mm-hmm. they're, they're going to go to hell forever. Oh. Um, the Aramaic word, gemira, 
does not mean does mean perfect, but in the sense of complete, through, finished, full grown, mature, accomplished, comprehensive, rounded out, and all inclusive. In the Near East, when a young man arrives at full maturity, he is Gmira, a man of understanding. It also refers to anyone who is very thorough in whatever he or she does. Per Erico, Jesus' disciples were to be inclusive, not exclusive in their love and approach to others. The idea of outsiders versus insiders was not part of their vocabulary, was not to be a part of their vocabulary. Before Jesus told his disciples to become perfect, he taught them to love your enemies, bless anyone who curses you, do good to anyone who hates you, pray for those who carry you away by force or persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven who causes the sun to shine upon the good and the bad, and who pours down his rain upon the just and the unjust. And Dr. Erico explained, this is the perfection to which Jesus referred. So that that's kind of a good example of what he does throughout the book, is show these snippets of scripture that are used in a certain way, and when you, when you just zoom out a little bit, you can see the perfection is not moral perfection, although that's, you know, it's not saying it's not important to be mm-hmm. morally good or yeah. do your best there. It's the perfect there is the list of things Jesus was talking, like, be good to those who persecute you, love your enemies, all that stuff. And that's what he's talking about. That's the way God is. So right. be like that, be like God. Well, yeah, and that, the moral part is is part of that. It, it's that you're not being, uh, you're not a slave to sin. Um, and that's part of being well rounded, being a mature person, um, especially spirit, the spiritual aspect, yeah, the spiritually mature. So yeah. it's the moral aspect is part of that, but yeah, it's you're not going to be sinless, right? So. So that's that's good. He talks about fire a lot, how the Bible uses fire. Um, not going to get into that now. That's super interesting, what sulfur means, what sulfur meant to Jewish people. Um, and things that are translated brimstone should be translated to sulfur. Uh, so basically, this is this book is could probably be not going to be the greatest thing for Scott to read, somebody like Scott. Um, I will, because then I could... I understand the. Uh, if you want to, you can have it now. Um, but nah. what I'm saying, if it's say you're out there, <laughs> that's my point. That cover's just not catchy. <laughs> that's kind of my point. Well, I've been I've been throwing books away. I've I've. Got, oh, so are we? I've got a lot of books still. That, uh, Burning them out right. in the cul-de-sac. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, if if you're somebody that's like you think there there's something more um, than what you were handed and you're dissatisfied and you're at least open to a, a change, it might be profitable for you. Or if you know somebody like that, yeah. it's not going to convince somebody that is like a John Piper or a pick a different. Well, so that's, that's an, that's interesting. I, I was, cause I was thinking that I, I'm thinking that it would be difficult to find a preacher who would take that verse and apply it in the way that he's arguing against here, that where, where the preacher is saying, see, it says be perfect, which means don't you know don't uh, be morally perfect. Yeah. Um, so it, it it seems like it would be a more someone 
reading that the wrong way. But from the pulpit, I, I'm, I don't think that that sort of teaching is that widespread. Um, you'd be surprised, at least going by the stories he, he has in the book. It, of course, these are anecdotes, and it's not <clears throat> a declaration of proof of anything, but uh, you're probably right. But being a counselor, he's he's seen enough and read enough. He, he's very passionate in this book, and ultimately, the book is super hopeful. The I mean, the couple stories I mentioned were terrible stories. It's not like a book laden with uh, depression or or terrible things that are going to bring you down. It's a, ultimately a hopeful book that he he is passionate about pulling people out of spiritual despair and spiritual abuse and bringing them towards. Uh, Christ. I received this book free from the author or, and or publisher through the Speakeasy Blogging Book Review Network. I was not required to give a positive review. The opinions I have expressed are my own. I am disclosing this in accordance with the Federal Trade Commission 16 CFR Part 255. Matt? Matthew, what up? Hey. hey, hey, how you doing? Oh, good, good. Matt, I'm Zach, and hi, come here, come here, ladies. My girls wanted to say hi to you real quick. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> this is Gwen. I'm sure they've hi, heard. Uh, you play. You play uh, the music in the car, right? Yeah. All the hi. time. Come on in. Come here, Obs. She ran away. Wow. Oh. Yeah, they're fans of the classic crime. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, actually, we were, we were listening to it um, yesterday. Like, my wife's like, "Who, who are you having on?" I'm like, "Classic <laughs> crime." This. So what's the classic? Are they crime? famous? I'm like, they are now. No, really. <laughs> <clears throat> we don't really run in those circles. Yeah. So how are you? Oh, I'm Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Scott and I'm Zach. Scott. Right. Yeah. Jeff, Scott, and Zach. Yeah. It's gonna be impossible to remember that. That's yeah, all right. It's okay. So how you f- so you're leaving on this acoustic tour that's coming up pretty quick. I know I'm getting to the end of things right off the yeah. beginning, but how's it feeling right now? Um, I'm kind of stressed out. I, I think I bit off a little more than I can chew in principle, but I normally step it up and get it all done. So uh, I've got to get the RV ready, and um, I'm doing these workshops, these songwriting workshops that I've been uh, kind of spinning my wheels on with a bunch of different ideas and not really knowing what's going to play. So I think what I'm going to do is just kind of wing it um, on a, on the first couple and see what works. Um, and then, of course, I've got a long set list of songs to play from 10, 12 years ago, some of them. So it's just a matter of remembering the <laughs> the parts and the lyrics and all that. So. so are you a procrastinator and then crunch time, you just get it all together? Uh, I'm not a procrastinator, okay. but I don't like practice. I don't feel like it does me any favors. Like I don't like rehearsal or practice. I feel like the best practice is doing things in a, uh, in the actual setting that you're going to do them in. Nice. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not one to like, I don't put things off. Like I, I generally jump right into them, but I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit around and, and spend like six hours practicing right for me that that kills the vibe like it'll kill the songs before i even play them yeah it's not fun 
Now, um, RV, so is that, you're, are you a solo? You're like, you're on your own completely, or are you going to have a couple people with you? I'll have a, I'll have a guy with me um, who's coming along to help out and shoot a bunch of video stuff. Um, we did a Kickstarter, and so part of the process of me being on tour is, is stopping in studios and recording with uh, different people. So he's going to be filming that and, and part of the tour. Nice. Um, so I won't be all alone, but um, yeah, it's, it'll be different. How'd the Kickstarter we, go? It went well. It nice. went well. Excellent. Yeah. Um, we've been doing them since uh, 2012. Oh, wow. And each one seems to be you know, at or more than the last as far as support goes. So as long as people keep showing up, we just keep doing them. And that's the way that we kind of you know, fund the projects and get the album put together and made and that's exciting. out to everybody. Yeah. That has got to feel amazing to get that kind of direct support in a way that didn't happen before, you know, never happened yeah. before this. Yeah. I mean, the your customer, if you're talking in business terms, we're, we're always kind of behind this, you know, this veil, so to speak, like, you had to have a label to reach them, but then the label had to go through distribution channels and like get in stores. And then, then maybe you could like seduce them with your album art or something. But <laughs> it was just this really like vague tertiary relationship. And then obviously with social media and then with crowdfunding is that we just go direct and um, we say, Hey, if you want this, pre-order it and we'll make it. And it seems a little bit more of a, pure relationship than than all these third parties your band your i guess your musical career with the classic crime was that your only band before vocal few and was there anything before classic crime i mean there was like i was in high school before yeah. that so uh i met the guys when i was 19 so yeah. yeah we had like we all had high school bands and stuff um but nothing that you know we we dropped out of college to do this band thing and um you know, much much to the chagrin of our parents and, and loved ones. But, I mean, we, we got together, we started making music, and, and we just moved into the same house together that we rented and, you know, practiced every day and thought, we're going to be huge. Like, there's no way this music isn't going to go worldwide. Like, it's just that good. You know, we were young and naive and, and uh, just the right amount, the right mix of skill and arrogance, you know, that you need to, you know, quit everything else you're doing and, and focus Right. On the one thing. And so, yeah, that's it. That's what I've been doing. Um, it's kind of weird being like, you know, because you grow as a human being. And the thing that I started when I was 19, I'm still sort of doing, which is weird. Like, you know, whatever music you were into when you were 19, like, just imagine, <laughs> you know, that shadow following, following you everywhere you go. But, um, but it's also at the same time, it's like, okay, I, I knew at a very young age what I wanted to do. And I'm still doing it at 35. So. I guess that's that's something. That's yeah. that's okay. Jokes on your parents, I guess. For now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could all fall apart at any moment. You know, right. it's like, yeah, I can't get too 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 cocky about it. Right, but it's it's album to album. What I was thinking of with, so you're uh, I don't know when millennial ends, but you're kind of probably on the cusp. <clears throat> like you're an older millennial, but you're. I think I'm the oldest millennial alive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. I'm just outside. I just turned 40, and the older millennials and us, we remember before the internet. Yeah. Before, like, that technology explosion. And 
your band is kind of the same way. Like you were a part of the machine, correct? When you first were starting in terms yeah. of the music industry and labels and stuff like that. <clears throat> so you yeah. remember that the before and now you're kind of outside the labels. You st- you're totally independent now, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of bands who started out, you know, getting signed to labels and, and doing the, you know, pressing CDs and all that have kind of, if they're still around, they've moved on to this new model where they're kind of doing it independently or, or in tandem independently with, with some other folks. Um, but yeah, I mean, we kind of like, you know, when our band was just starting out, we were like, so we, so we had like a, it was an mp3.com profile and then that turned into purevolume.com. So that was like kind of the beginnings of music sharing on the internet. And I remember on MySpace, you could have a, a profile song or whatever. I forget what it was called, but like you could have a song on your profile on MySpace. Um, it would just play when it, as soon as somebody went yeah. to the page. Yeah. 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 I think you could, you could customize it to do one of the play or not play. I don't know. MySpace was too customizable, which was why it died, right? Everyone's yeah. page looked wacky. And there were so many bots by, by the end of it. But at the beginning, it was like, wow, this is a, this is a really pure social thing. And, and music could spread really fast. And you can get a lot of friends and likes and whatever. Um, so we kind of like, when our band started, it wasn't much of that. It was still sort of like beating the streets and printing out flyers and going to shows and like handing them out. You know, and like trying to like give our demos away and just trying to get people to come to shows. Yeah. And then we kind of, yeah, we definitely straddled the line of like, okay, here are some things online that we can, um, I mean, I, th- I don't think we would have been signed if, if our management didn't find us on pure volume. We were like a pure pick or something for um, a song and they heard it and it was like the top 10 or something like that on pure volume. So uh, we definitely have the, 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 the both worlds um, experience being old millennials which is funny to think of because yeah. just like five years ago everyone was like these darn millennials ruining everything kids so. these days yeah every generation has a version of kids these days yeah get off my lawn type thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> well let's if if you don't mind let's circle back to um to beginning like you, you mentioned high school but was there a spark when you first knew like what was the moment you knew did you hear a song or a certain album that you knew you were going to do what you or at least try to do what you're doing now i started writing songs when i was i mean really probably when i was 15 um so pretty young i guess um i think i wrote maybe my first song with some friends when i was like 13 just funny stuff like oh wow we can rhyme and sing and um here we go um, That's pretty but young. got into, yeah, yeah. But like you know, just goofing off with friends, like in my in my bedroom, is like we used to like record us making up stories and just stuff like that, like on ta- on a cassette tape and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but like music, obviously, when you you know you know when you're a teenager, you have this uh, deep well of emotion that's unexplored, and you feel so misunderstood. And music tends to be the 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 cathartic sort of therapy for it helps articulate your emotions when you're, you're just experiencing them for for the first time. And it it can be a very powerful thing. And for me, it definitely was, you know, um, I wasn't like in any scene, it was just like whatever's on the radio. And in Seattle, it was always like Nirvana and then like green day and the offspring and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So 
it was just kind of radio rock that um, spoke to my punk rock edge. And, uh, and yeah, and I don't know what made me sort of pick up, because I could, I could play guitar, like four chords or whatever. But um, I was always interested in expression, and I used to draw a lot in, like, comic books and stuff. And um, I, I don't know, like, once I realized I could play guitar and put my words and sing melodies over it, it was kind of like, well, I'm done drawing now, because this is way better. Like, this is, you know, you can do a lot more with this medium, so. Mm. Yeah, and I just did it as kind of like a like a diary or a journal. Like, alone by myself, like, didn't play my songs for anybody for a long time. Until really, I, I maybe played it for my brother, and then until I met my uh, wife when I was 17. And that's when I started maybe sharing them a little more. Hey, when did you, and when you look back, when did you, or when do you think you realized that you had some gifting in the arts and music? In high school, I was voted most artistic, but that was <laughs> that's an like obvious. some years, some yearbook thing, <laughs> right? But but it was for drawing, not for music, right? Um, so I always kind of, I mean, I don't know, I always kind of identified as like an artistic type of person. Um, like when you were 10 years old, do you remember like banging drums or just kind of doing anything related to that? Singing. Yeah, my fifth grade teacher. So I was always drawing. You know, I went to a really boring church growing up and we would sit in the back for like an hour and a half. And all I would do is. What was the name books. and who was the pastor? <laughs> <laughs> no pastor, man. The brethren. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> fundamentalist, non-denominational. Okay. Um, uh, 45 minutes of silent prayer in the in Sunday morning. Whoa, oh Not very gosh. seeker sensitive. So you had to learn um, how to draw. <laughs> yeah, as a way to cope with the deafening boredom. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I I kind of always knew that, like, that was an escape for me. Um, and in fifth grade, my teacher had, like, 26 classical guitars strung up around the room, and he taught us all how to play Um old folk Americana rock songs like the Beatles and wow, you know, that stuff. So, um, and I remember like learning how to strum and learning how to play, you know, GDC or whatever. And, and looking around the room and kind of seeing like other kids are struggling more with this than me. <laughs> right. Like I, I can kind of like pick it up quick and I can lead the melody when other kids don't know. And I quick with the words. And so, just kind of knowing, like, oh, maybe I could, maybe that's something that I'm good at um, at a young age, and then, uh, and I don't know, I don't know, I don't always think that I, I knew that I was good. I think it was more just because I've also had I've some experiences where like my sister's like friend told me I had an annoying voice and I should <laughs> shut up and stuff like that. So like there's she probably there's liked an equal. You. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think that there's an there's an it's very hurtful. There was a, there was an equal amount of that, you know, like you know, like shut up, you suck. So I don't think I I don't think I necessarily learned that I was good at things from looking at other people completely, but but I just knew that I liked it, that like I liked the feeling of of doing it, and so that's why I did it. So you definitely had some inclination towards being able to play, like just as an example today. My son, he's playing like EA Sports uh, soccer, 
And he's like, you push X for this and A for this and B for this. And you push this to chase him down and then this to go faster. And I'm like one minute into it. And I'm like, man, like, I'm, pushing the, I'm pushing the wrong buttons. And I'm like so frustrated. I, I can't do this. And I just gave, right. it, gave it to my six-year-old and he went to town. I'm like, okay. It's, not, it, it's like a different language. It, right? Yeah. They only they understand. Right. So I was, yeah. the, I was the kid you were looking at like, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, it's my self-deprecating humor. Yeah, <laughs> man, you, I don't want to say jealous, but I'm a little jealous of the from the early age. Jealous is too strong, but you were fortunate from an early age to to kind of know you had a thing and to kind of start to step into that and to develop that. I I feel like I I'm, it wasn't until like way into my 30s where I started to kind of discover get a, a mooring on who I was like the idea going back to you having it be like a your songs were kind of your diary you didn't yeah. always play them for people but the ability to communicate thoughts and to be vulnerable has really contributed to your music because there is a lot of honesty in your lyrics and a lot of nostalgia I, I, I want to talk about nostalgia because it seems mm. like there's some nostalgia like a, there's a thread through a lot of your and there's got to be a lot of confidence gained early on from starting at such a young age and, and kind of just messing around with friends and writing and then moving forward into high school and having that ability. I mean, like you're saying, you, you didn't really kind of capture this until yeah, later like age. I, where, yeah, I, I, play, I play guitar and I can, I can get that space where you're conveying an emotion through what you're writing musically. And I feel that and it's therapeutic and it's like an, a sonic diary almost. But as far as putting words down, I, I will crush myself before I even write anything down. Like, nah, that's stupid. Nah, that's stupid. Right. That's not coming out yeah. right. How do you, how did you get past that? Or did you um, ever have that? And if you yeah, never had I it, mean, I'm going to be super jealous. You should come to my songwriting workshop. I'm going to talk about yeah, Zach. the headspace that you have to be in. Your um, LA one is not a songwriting workshop. Is there a different one in Southern California? Maybe, maybe Riverside. I don't. I think maybe Riverside is, mm. but it might not be. Okay, yeah. To your point about getting, getting, having things in your head and getting them down. To me, that was just an extension of drawing, like having an image in your head of you know. For me, it was like superheroes and like guys I would make up. And this is all just. I think it's an extension of just me wanting. Wanting something more than the mundane, like like being a middle child in a big family, and you know, being part of this fundamentalist church that you know we were at church like four times a week, and it was like a huge part of our identity. And trying to get, like my brain want needed something, and so art was that. What's um, she's cook- what is she cooking? I don't know what she's doing. Smells over there. smells fantastic. Yeah. It does, it does. <laughs> Technology is so it's good amazing. these days, man. I can smell it right through the Skype. It's amazing. Um, Don't worry about it, by the way. Don't let that. We're not just, worried about. Yeah. We're not worried about life noises. We got them too. No, it's fine. Where uh, I'm just happy that I finally have a gas stove. I just moved into this house, and uh, and we um, we've always just had these crappy rental stoves, and now we have a gas stove. So we're nice. Good. So using good. it a lot. Um, but yeah, um, songs just became that um that escape for me um and uh and you know in my childhood like i've always had a uh 
I don't know. In my childhood, I felt kind of mis- misunderstood a lot, uh, being a middle child, and I got in lots of fights when I was in, in elementary school. I spent a lot of time in the principal's office, and no one knew what to do with me. You know, troubled troubled child, and I have to go to the psychologist, and they'd be like, well, Matthew just needs this or that, or you know, and they'd describe me these metaphors about, like, life's a road, and there's there's speed bumps <laughs> in it, and you just hit a speed bump, and I just remember weird stuff like that, like, what's wrong with me? Like, why am I, why can't I, you know, fit in? Mm-hmm. And so I always had the sense that, like, you know, that I was different in some way, um, and my, my older brother used to mock me for that. He would be like, oh, you're such an artiste, you know? <laughs> um, and my older brother's a great artist in his own right. Um, uh, he, he develops games. Um, but anyways, uh, so you I think we would know. Think, um, Do you want to throw him a plug? What's the one? Everwing? It's on Messenger. Uh, he play, He does these like Messenger games. Okay, like, nice. Uh, on Facebook Messenger, but um, they're like you know he's a lead dev and they they have a bunch of projects so they do a bunch of different games right. that are big in different countries and stuff. So, but um, he he was the one that was that was the artist, the drawing artist that I kind of emulated growing up, and so I started drawing like probably when I was six or seven, like all the time. Because I, he's four years older than me, and I'd watch him do it, and then I'd copy mm-hmm. him. But yeah, the nostalgia thing to me is just—it's just a way of returning to that child, that vulnerable kid who, um, who did not belong, which is really that kid that's still inside of me. You know, that kid that is always just peering out, and um, I have a shell around that kid that attacks everything and that goes after everything and that is really bold. But like when I'm writing songs, if there is vulnerability or 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 anything like that, it's it's usually because I'm trying to tap into something true and real and not the persona or the shell of who I am. And so that's that's why I do music because it, it it allows me to connect with um who I who I really am or at least the I, f- I feel like my origin story. So that does come out in the music. There's a lot of meaning and um, personal, like you know, personal stories that come out in the, in the songs. And you know, like you know, it's a song about Seattle and going back, or Seattle calling you back home. Right. Um, yeah. So that I mean that that does come out a lot in those in the lyrics. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, the one that this is old. Uh, well, oldish. I just I just looked today. I think it was from 2012. The um, uh, for, it's from Vocal Few, uh, and it's about like you're you just I think you had a daughter and you're writing about like her growing up and then eventually oh, it goes right. from like baby like going through all the stages and then right. to to seeing her walk down the aisle on the wedding day. One day soon she'll walk the aisle. My little girl, my precious child A beautiful woman, veiled and sweet I'll smile in disbelief As the tears roll down my cheeks And I whisper I have two daughters, right. and whenever that song comes on, it 
depending on if I'm by myself, there's a good chance there's going to be tears because <laughs> I, I like I am a sucker for nostalgia. I know I feel bad. So you have your first kid, and you know it's mind blowing, and you you know you you consider all these things. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm a dad, and I'm, I have, I have a daughter now, and this is. I can see my life sort of flash before my eyes. Yeah. As she's growing and changing. And then I had a second daughter and she didn't really get a song. <laughs> 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 and now I have a son who's just, yeah, I'm just trying to escape his clutches so I can, I can get work done. So <laughs> it's funny how that works. Um, but I just, I try to record things in, in whatever moment that I'm in and, mm. and try to be as honest about it as I can. And, um, I'm not a sappy guy in real life, but I had a daughter, and yeah. that's what came to my head. So that you know, it sounds like you don't present like there's you got to get past the shell. There, there's a right. sappy is probably not the right word. There's a soft inner core that's that's it's there. I'm sure, your wife knows how to get there. It's very yeah. Well, <laughs> she probably argue that she doesn't, but uh. um. But yeah, I mean, it's there and it's uh it's very hypersensitive obviously, you know. I'm very aware of of a lot of things that are going on that I don't let on that I'm aware of. Um for whatever reason, you know, you talk to my therapist, I guess. Um but I feel like that is useful when writing songs because ultimately the goal is to is to make something that is real and true and new and meaningful. And you can't do that if you're sitting around crushing yourself over your lyrics. Yeah. You have to be in a state where you're totally laid bare and it doesn't, you're not, you, your judgmental mind, your, your left brain is not in control and you're just letting it out. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's totally non-judgmentally your right brain subconscious stream of thought. And I think that's the, that's the part of your brain that rhymes or makes music. Um, it's not the, it's not the ones and zeros. It's not the, um, the analytical brain or the categorizing that happens in your sort of ego cortex. (laughs) So, which is not a scientific term, by the way, I made that up, but, um, we're going, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's where I try to get when I'm writing songs and it frustrates me when I can't like, Mm. if I'm just like, that's, that's writer's block to me because I can write a thousand things that rhyme and sound good, but if it doesn't have this i this this novel character like if if it's not new if it doesn't come from somewhere that i that surprises me like oh wow where'd that come from that to me is a song that i that's a thread that i need to pull on as opposed to like i could write all the songs that i've written a hundred different ways a hundred different times and people would be some people would be happy with that but i wouldn't be so now are there ways when when you're hitting a wall and you you know the goodness that lies within you but it's just not there when you're sitting down to write are there any techniques that you snap that help you snap back into focus or get you into the zone as it were well yes i think about the obstacles to the zone or the obstacles in my life or um things i'm trying to avoid you know great stoic philosopher king marcus aurelius said the obstacle is the way or something like that that's paraphrasing but i believe you i think yeah <laughs> it's something like look look for where the obstruction is and then you know that's where you'll find the path or something like that but i think instead of avoiding or trying to get away from discomfort or get away from pain 
it's more about just running, going right into it. And that's how I get to the truth, really, Zach, or try to. Zach, these are all questions you're going to be asking when you go to the writers' uh, conference. Mm-hmm. Right? They might be. <laughs> I'll admit I'm being really selfish right now. This yeah. is all about me, guys. All right. Just, <laughs> I do like the idea good. of going into the op, like going towards the challenge and the obstacle, and the, it's so much. Yeah. There's so much more there because it's there's some. Right. I mean, there's a challenge to it. Going the yep. the easy path and the known path you just you're not getting new and original and that's just boring well you guys are bros bibles and beer you know about taking up your cross or um you know the the straight and narrow Mm -hmm. if you find it you know these metaphors are old and every philosopher and uh and and thinker and theologian has they all say essentially the same thing you know rilke says you know turn towards the storm that's where you that's where you find meaning really and it's it's avoiding those things that um that lead you to writer's block (laughs) (laughs) you have to to face what you don't want to right exactly take the macgyver there's an episode of macgyver well that's a good segue go ahead scott well he he macgyver has a nemesis right murdoch Mm -hmm. and there's murdoch presents a labyrinth to macgyver and he, there's, there are three paths he can take. Well, one is a, just a thing he can just walk straight through, and there's another easy path, and there's a locked door. With tinker toys and a rubber and the, band. And so MacGyver picks the locked door, but Murdoch knows that that's the door MacGyver's going to take. Uh, anyway, that's what I grew up on. And that's a, meta- <laughs> <laughs> that's a metaphor for what? <laughs> for all of what we just talked about? Why did Murdoch, how did Murdoch know? Because it's a locked door. The, and of course, MacGyver, MacGyver's going to challenge pick the lock. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Hmm. Well, because he knows Murdoch too. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have the MacGyver clip in the show. Yeah, we'll have links and yeah, that's good references for that episode. I'm I'm, right, I'm scribbling that down for the for the songwriting workshop. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, use the, you can all allow it. You can use that. So. Uh, are all these song so this songwriting workshop and this mm-hmm. this tour this is all in preparation for the cl- new classic crime yeah so and the the crowd the Kickstarter you did was there a separate one for this tour or it was all part it's all part of the main one you did for the album I didn't like I didn't mention the tour when we did the Kickstarter right. um, it was actually my wife's idea because I I was like I have to write this record and. And we just moved into a house that didn't have like a third space where I could work out of. And so I was thinking, well, maybe I'll write it in the RV, like I parked the RV in the backyard and I could go and, and write the record. And she's like, well, why don't you drive the RV around and play shows? And so, yeah. <laughs> you know, because then it's like, then you're like doing more work. And so, and then I was able to, to book some studio time with my friends, uh, kind of on the, on the road. Mm. So, it's all hopefully tributaries leading to one stream that is the classic crime, new classic crime record. So that's awesome. Cool. Now, are you like, is that Kickstarter totally closed off now? Is that finished? Yes. Yeah. It's, okay. it, it was done. It's the first Kickstarter we did where I don't, I didn't have a single song written or a part of a song. So it's pretty interesting yeah. that, um, that people, believe in us so much in this po- at this point that like I could have nothing yeah. <laughs> and to say 
And it's it's weird. Like I wouldn't have never I wouldn't have ever done this, you know, two or three projects ago. But um, because I could barely deal with the pressure of like making the the album I'd already written good enough to um, be worthy of the support. Um, but now it's like it's incredible the amount of pressure uh, that I feel because people have already sent the money for the packages, and the record's not even written yet and so i'm like i have to make this good yeah you bet you know? i gotta make my money worth it i <laughs> yeah exactly. i think i got yeah. the i don't remember the name of it i think i got one of the colored vinyl packages i did it the last yeah, time see, too for uh, how to be did, human did you like that vinyl yeah that good and that's that was probably my favorite record of yours awesome. it's been awesome to see that your progression in songwriting it's all you can tell it's matt mcdonald and it's classic crime but there's a, a definite growth l- lyrically and uh, musically as well. Thank you. There's like this pr- progression. You. Do you feel that as well? No, most of the time <laughs> I don't. Most of the time I feel like I'm getting worse. Um, but it's good to hear. And, and there's occasions like the other day I was listening to old songs because I was like, how do, how do I play that again? Because I'm going on tour. Yeah. And I was listening to the recording. I was like, oh, like this is not... Like I wouldn't do this now. Yeah. Like I would do. I would like that lyric. I would change that. Like that's a little too on the nose, or that's let's you know. I I just kind of, I thought I had this new clarity, because most of the time I think like oh my best is behind me and I'm not I'm not good anymore and now I know too much and so it's getting in the way of pure creativity which is you know when I was young I didn't think about anything I just blah right there was a song. Um, and it's not that way anymore. And so I, I kind of can get bummed out, um, longing for that ease and that energy. But now when I look back and there's, there are moments when I'm like, eh, I think, I think I'm better now than I was. Um, it's definitely not as like on the nose or it's, it's a lot more nuanced, uh, the, the writing, but, um, it's for a different audience. You know, all, all the people who listened to us in 2006 are now 13 years older. Yeah. So even if they were 15, 16 at the time, they're they're over, you know, what are they? I don't know. I'm not going to math. Late 20s. 28, 27. So even our youngest fans, you know, are, are in their late 20s and others are, are like us, mid-30s and 40s. So Which has got to make it I frustrating. It, Sorry to interrupt. It's got to make it frustrating no, for those young fans. It, when you hear from some of those original fans, I got to imagine you probably get complaints about the older music. Like, why aren't? I wish you were more like that, or I wish you wrote lyrics more like that. Do you hear any of that? Yeah. That's got to be frustrating. It's like, aren't you growing as well? Because I'm growing. Yeah. I'm moving along. I think there's different types of people, um, and I get that sentiment, uh, so I don't take it too personally. It is lame that like, in consumer America, you can weigh in on like, on on something you're a fan of, as if it was like a customer service complaint or something. Right. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, it's sort of like they could just like leave a bad review right. and be like, bad and like it like their other records though. It's like, great. Thank you for sharing. Um, <laughs> put my heart and soul into that. But, but it's like, it's like, you know, it's an Amazon review or something. It's yeah. like, it, they, they treat it like you're some faith, faceless corporation cranking out the hits. But, but yeah, no, I, I, I get where they're coming from. I think a lot of people have nostalgia for the, those moments when they were teenagers driving around with their friends in the summer um, playing songs and those songs meant something and they want more songs that sound like that. Yeah. And I say, 
good. You can find you can find them. People are making them every day. Yeah. So um, you, you don't need us to to do that for you. Um, people who are with us now and who back our Kickstarters, um, I think, have come to expect something different or a little bit different every time. So that's who we really play for. Yeah. What do you What do you love the most about making music? Um, I love. I love the moment, the moment a song comes together, um, when it's just these ideas that are, you know, floating around your head, and there's like five or six of them, and they all kind of lock in together in one moment, and you just know, you can, like, I can hear everything, I can hear the rhythm, and the melody, and I can, I can, the narrative structure, and it all just makes sense, and... That doesn't happen often. Most of the time, it's like a struggle to put a song together. But like, I live for that moment when, when in five minutes it does come together, and those are my favorite songs always. Mm. So, so it's like chasing the dragon. You know, you're just out there hoping that <laughs> happens. You know, so sit down in your seat and and try to try to do it. And if you know, if that experience shows up, then great. But most of the time, it doesn't, and it's a slog. What, but you know that's why I do. What's it. the first song? As you describe that, what's the first song that would come to your head in reference to that? Of like stuff coming together. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, like off what record? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go with "How to Be Human." Most recent. Um, what song came together really fast on that record? not done with you yet it was a pretty quick one um driftwood was really quick Mm. um two strong offerings yeah there there's not actually not i i struggled a lot with that record uh putting it together Mm. but um like even like holy water was not it didn't come together right right away and i didn't know how to fit the lyrics because it was this weird um uh, five four, five four six eight thing going on with the rhythm. Um, and I had to send it to my band and be like, "Do you guys like this? Like the lyrics are all weird. Like the rhythm of the rhyming was all weird. And the delivery is a little like, quick no, too. Yeah, and they're like, no, nah, it's cool. So, yeah. So, <clears throat> so some some songs are are difficult, but they turn out good. Um, where I like them at the end of it, and then some songs are difficult, and I just hate them. But other people like yeah. them. So, yeah. What song has, what out of all the songs you've ever done, which has the most meaning to you? Is there something that you're like, this is, I'll never forget this moment that I created this song? Um, I mean, 
It's hard to say. Is that a la- uh, is that a lame could... question from a, a no, lay person? No, it's not. <laughs> a different someone else might might answer that um, like seriously and and have an idea. I just the same reason I don't have tattoos on my body is that I don't. Where do you, where do you um, have them? No, he said he doesn't. <laughs> In my mind, um, I don't like. I don't have favorites. Mm-hmm. I don't. I just don't. I don't know. I, I wasn't raised to like. Like I don't have. I never had like anybody I would consider a best friend. <laughs> I don't know. What, like the people are like, "What's your favorite?" And I'm like, I don't "That's know. illegal in some schools." Like, no. You're such a musician. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, afra- wanna... I'm afraid of commitment. Really, is what it is. <laughs> um. So, but but I would say there are songs on every record that um that I love deeply. Mm. Um, that in like five years don't mean anything. Yeah, because I'm somewhere yeah. else. Um. So like, I remember on on Vagabonds, uh, Broken Mess, I wrote uh, in like 10 minutes in my head. And that was a song that just came out because of circumstances in in my life and and with loved ones. And all I can say is that love is a terrible Dead Rose was another one of those off of Phoenix. It's another one of my favorite songs. It's just kind of a deep album cut. Mm-hmm. But I think um, it was sort of a metaphor for for the, the, the proverbial or metaphorical death of our band, mm. which was really just a death and rebirth into something else. But um, it was um, sort of a eulogy for that. And that it served that purpose for me. So I, I, I sort of cherish that song as yeah. like a... The, the the death and, and sort of turning over a new leaf of our our, our second life as a band and, and being independent and the ni- the dynamic changing and um, all that so. Well, you mentioned Dead Rose. I gotta say, keep let's put a pin on wherever we're at right now, Scott. You were gonna talk. Remember that we—I don't know if you remember—we a long time when we kind of first started. I reached out to you about using some music, and you said, "Yeah, use whatever you want. Just give us credit." And so, mm-hmm. Dead Rose was a song we used a, until I wrote a little theme song jingle for our podcast. We were using like cuts of your music, and and Dead awesome. Rose was a good closer. Um, yeah, it's a good song. Good. Yeah, totally. Hopefully, yeah, you still feel okay about letting us use that. You seem pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Like, Wait, what? I'm not. I'm not on a label, and I don't have. Yeah, I, I just whatever. Anybody, anything. Anybody wants to do whatever they want. Yeah, they can do. good. So I'll probably sprinkle <laughs> some things in throughout this episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sweet. Um, and I'm sure Dead Rose. Going back to the lyrics, there's probably a lot of people. It's interesting you mention it there was no mention of like Jesus or any type of faith. Um, Mm -hmm. It was a metaphor for your band, but I'm sure people hear Mm -hmm. that people hear what they want to hear and they would definitely hear a Christian message in there. Yeah. And there's, there's parallel metaphors at work there, you know, and I, like I said, was raised in the church. And so that language is part of my linguistic framework Mm -hmm. for describing deeper principles or the metaphysical. And so, 
I can always dip in and use that stuff um, uh, because it's meaningful and it has meaning. And um, and there's also there's a lot of times there's parallel metaphors. There's like there is you could take it the spiritual purely spiritual way and it works. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also a very like personal vein to it too in a in a literal way. So that's know. how you can tell it's good art. It's not like. You see that there? It it is that, and it's exactly that, and it's well, always going to be that. that. Yeah, yeah. I like layers of meaning, yeah. um, or or ways that, you know, if you if you're listening to the song and the, on the tenth time something clicks and you're like, wait a minute, like that to me is um, is fun uh, to have something that like, oh, that's a little nugget that people are going to have to dig for. Yeah, and because uh, I like digging, you know, I like digging in, into the lyrics and. Um, and discovering new things. Yeah, it's like a good movie where you, you watch it like the fourth or fifth time and you're just like, oh shit, I never <laughs> saw that before. It's yeah, so good. Like Predator, yeah. right? Am I right, guys? Yeah, or MacGyver. It could or, be a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> like Predator. Actually, I was thinking about Tosh.0, how he does his comedy and he does like seventh level and he's like, no, you're not there. Two people are with me? Okay, yeah. you stuck with me down Tosh, there. it stands for taking others straight to hell. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. Great acronym. Just a nugget there. Moms against VH1 DJs. <laughs> yeah. uh, I I do have a question. So I'm a, a sixth grade teacher, and and I have kids who they I got so many kids who doodle, they draw, they're like not doing what they're supposed to be doing, and I'm mm-hmm. and I'm. I put. I'm, I'm not boring. joking. I, I put on. I like a question. Just listening to you, Jess, like you're a therapist. Like, what are your drawing? Songwriting, teaching. What, okay. Got what a, I got. Yeah. What do your drawings say about you? Like I, I was trying to think of a question just after you were talking about that. Like there's something going on in kids' minds, whether they're they feel like they're left out or they don't know or they're they're off in some other world of their own and they're thinking about things and so they draw like i i get kids that are constantly drawing and not doing yeah. and i'm like okay i got i can't discount like i wasn't an I, i'm not an artist and i'm seeing yeah. kids doing this and i'm trying to do something that i think is is important for them in education and yet they're still drawing. So I'm like, okay, wait a second. I need to take a step back just listening yeah. to you and, and have a conversation with them. Cause a lot of teachers would just dismiss why are you drawing? Like you're wasting your time. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've done a lot of, you should look at the studies on it because um, re- information retention uh, while doodling is a lot higher uh, than just sitting there and, and, and getting a straight feed of, of stuff. And obviously they're not uh, doing whatever worksheet or whatever right. at the time that they're doodling, but they could be still learning quite a bit. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think these probably are boys, right? Actually boys and girls and girls yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, it was an escape for me, and you, you know, you, you could only speculate as to yeah. what what they might be escaping from, but um, to not see it as just um, some sort of disobedient right. act, or, 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 you know, it's just, um, because it, it really is just, um, it was a reflex when I was a kid. It wasn't, it wasn't me deciding, oh, I'm going to draw something. It's like, I got to get out of here. 
Um, <laughs> so right. it's like, that's what I did, you know? So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm just, what do you, what, what, uh, what do you teach? I teach all subjects. In all sixth, subjects. Yeah. Okay. But I, I, I'm like, just having this discussion has prompted me to think about going into tomorrow and asking those six or seven kids, like, what is it about the drawing that like, do you go somewhere else? Do you like, you want to write about this? I mean, is yeah. there something there? Like you went from dra- drawing to, to words and I'm right. wondering, like, what storyline is going on in their mind as they draw? Is there a storyline? I have no idea, but I'm like, there's sure. these kids are like, they're, I mean, they're the real deal. They're going to be adults one day, and I don't want to shut them off and, you know, not. Sure. Uh, well, the good news is, is, is if you if you shut them off, they'll probably become better artists. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like you said, you know, it's like that's the thing that that's the thing that teaches you is the hard thing, and and oftentimes, you know, suppression uh, or repression can 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 uh, bloom into some some beautiful things, and sometimes, obviously, not. But um, you know, I was definitely like not allowed to draw in church uh-huh. um, until they gave up. Uh, they gave up telling me I couldn't as long as I kept it down and, and the elders didn't see me or whatever. But, um, yeah. And I always like envious of my friends who went to Catholic school cause they're all super creative too. So <laughs> a lot of repression there. So I don't know, maybe telling them to knock it off is a good thing for their uh, development. I'll bring out rulers and slap their hands. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. Complexity yeah. of life. <laughs> yeah. The more you keep them down, the more they're going to explode exponentially. Right. <laughs> right. Or they'll just stay down. You know, you don't, there's a fine line. Right. It's like, you know, uh, t- 10 degrees, right. 10 degrees. Right. <laughs> you could really ruin someone's life. <laughs> Beautiful stuff grows out of shit, yeah. but sometimes there's just mm-hmm. shit and nothing. Right. And that's it. Sometimes it just rots yeah. and there's nothing you can do yeah. about it. Uh, I forgot before we, we got sidetracked, you went, <gasps> And I cut you off, Scott. Again, back to JJRV. Um, <laughs> we read an iTunes review earlier that admonished uh, Jeff and I for Scott cutting Scott off too much. But go ahead, go okay. ahead, Scott. Perfect, exa- perfect example. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, though. Because if you don't start, we're going to cut you off. In this particular case, um, it was you had, you had said just what I was thinking, um, oh. that the, the music or the lyrics is... If you don't know the backstory behind the, uh, of the lyrics, you're you're interpreting them in your own way, and they're be- like they're becoming mm-hmm. personal, and that but that that's what makes art, you know, uh, yeah, deeper than just the the surface uh, surface right. meaning, and so it it yeah you personalize it, and then you want it makes you want to hear the song more, and so I was yeah it's just the same. Okay, I've heard someone yeah. say you know. I don't know who said this, but said like a sermon really just creates space for someone to feel whatever it is they need to feel. And I think a song does that even more like music does that. It, it creates an atmosphere in a space for a person to interpret whatever they're like and, and process whatever they're going through. Right. Cause you're no matter what, if you're listening to music, it's the whole subjective part of your brain is lit up. It's not, it's not the rational, mm-hmm. like analytical, mathematical part. Right. It's the other part that's like experiencing all the emotions. Unless and, you're listening to dream um, theater or something <laughs> like that. Sure, or, or if you're like if you're just if you're yeah 
if you're if you write songs, you definitely can get into the analytical yeah. part. But if you're experiencing it just for pure joy and, and enjoyment, yeah. um, then you're gonna you're gonna project your own subjective um, experience onto those lyrics, and yeah. um, and you're gonna experience something potentially really powerful that maybe the artist didn't even intend at all. Yeah, I used to, uh, and that's that's beautiful yeah, too. I used to listen to uh, Stained, uh, the band Stained a lot. And I just, there are, almost every time I listen to it, I'm like, man, I don't, I don't even have the emotions that I think this guy is having, but I'm mm-hmm. like, I can, I, I start developing those emotions, <laughs> even though I'm not going through what he's going through, but I'm like, I, right. I've never, I don't have, I, I don't have these emotions, but but I, I guess I, I think yeah. he meant you, you don't have emotion and you're I, learning I don't, emotion. I don't ha- right. I don't have emotion. <laughs> you're getting them for the first time. But I'm time. like, yeah, what is this? Oh yeah. That happened to me when I listened to Lannis Morissette, but let's yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> that you must be empathetic. Scott. Isn't yeah. It? Yes. Yes. You're, yeah. You're, you're a very empathetic well, guy. You can identify. May, you merge with yeah. suffering people. Um, I think, <laughs> You, Matt McDonald, are the first person to say Scott is empathetic. Have you? Has anyone ever told you that before? <clears throat> His mother. Because I think maybe maybe Matt is cracking your shell. Well, my mom also says I'm not fat, so. Oh. Okay. Well, you might be empathetic. There's some <laughs> empathy in there. I, I think. You know, I want to be. I just I don't have the uh, emotional capacity. Mm. It's there. You listen to Stained. Welcome back. It's 58 degrees here at Mission Viejo. We're here with Counselor Matt McDonald. <laughs> it's getting hot. It's getting warm in here, guys. <laughs> We're having a session with Scott Scooter Holbert here. There's every, every once, like every fifth episode, there's like a breakthrough with Scott. Oh and, uh, yeah, Scott's Scott's the head guy of the podcast that kind of is, is searching for for his heart, and it he gets it every once in a while. Every cool. every mm. once in a while, but then I quickly. Quickly, Scar. Are you an introvert, Scott? Uh, <laughs> most of the time, yes. I I, I enjoy have, being alone with my own thoughts. Do you have an inner an inner sanctum in your house, like a place that you can go that's just for you? Mm. Um, that's <laughs> a tough question. It's funny you mentioned house. Yeah. Um, if you let's say home. There's a story here. Um, okay. <clears throat> I think the I think yeah. Uh, but Spit but yeah, out. there's there's typically I, I I do spend a lot of time alone, um, just in my own thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Right, you're right. All right, maybe you're not empathetic. You're just selfish. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, that, I think that that's actually we are grabbing that. That's definitely going to be one of our quotes. That's the cold open. <laughs> I am definitely selfish. I, I, I don't even. I don't even. Uh, I mean, I do things. If someone asks for something, man, I'm there. Yeah, I guess, right, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but other people aren't on my mind first and foremost. I mean, I, I just because I don't think about it. I'm just right. like, man, I got, I got my own stuff that I. Well, that's honest. I think it's true yeah. of everybody. You know, numero uno. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. People that say, "Oh man, I just care so much for other people more th- more so than more than myself," they're liars. Yeah, I don't like other people. <laughs> <laughs> other people <laughs> frighten me. 
<laughs> I just like JJRB right now. He's okay. my yeah. yeah, stop referencing that. All right, so I think we Matt touched on each one of our issues, which is good. I wanted to go back though, if you don't mind. You're good on time. You're yeah, so good, yeah, Matt. Sure. Okay, being in a band and touring and all that stuff and getting married. She, you got married when you were in the classic crime, correct? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like we we got married. Um, gosh, I want to say uh, three months before we got signed. Or a month before we got signed, something like that. that. That was the calm before the storm, right? Yeah, and then we went and I went and did six weeks in the studio, and then you know three months later we hit the road for ten months straight, basically. So, <laughs> without your wife, she came with us because she was um, an illegal immigrant, okay, from Canada. And oh, uh, fantastic! Yeah, we need to build a on wall the run on that northern border. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, just kidding. She 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 couldn't work, so she just came out with us and kind of did merch and helped tour manage. That's awesome. So you didn't have to pay her. It's also for- fortunate. True. Nobody got paid back then, though. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> we all slept. We all slept. I mean, like before we had the bunks in the back of the van, we all slept on like a futon. We take out took out the benches and had a futon, and we all just slept like sardines, like like side by side. <laughs> my wife was on like one side of me, and then all my bandmates on the other side, like lined up. Yeah, you you have to keep her on that side. Of yeah, you. you know you don't want any you know avoid the appearance of evil and all right. that stuff. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it it appeared pretty evil. I, I'm sure from the outside, oh, she would yeah. appear in the windows. Like, what is going on? What are these people doing? Are you safe? Do you need help? Yeah. <laughs> and we would always say, "Sure, what do you got?" Like we we are sort of homeless. You know, vagabonds, as it were, and uh, yeah. yeah, Walmart. It was Walmart to couches to mm-hmm. truck stops. That was it for yeah. a year so and you know, half, two years. Okay. Yeah. Fun. So you know, you know, he knows. He's he's in the crew. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Uh, Maybe. Uh, man, those so those first couple tours, your wife's like, I'm getting paid in hugs and snuggles again, aren't I? You're like, yeah, yeah. There's no money. No <laughs> experience, travel. But how did you? How have you guys? You're still married, correct? Yes. Just making sure. Yes. How? No, somebody, that's, that's somebody else safe. is, somebody else is clicking the other, <laughs> well, the other room. That's, my, that's gotta... my third wife. But yeah, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Wait, from, is this from Utah? From In Oregon, right? to polygamy. No, no, no. But, not third consecutive. Not third at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I do have. Come uh, on, I divorce him first. <laughs> oh, what, did you hear it? South, Saudi Arabia now allows. This is recent. Now allows side you. Side note. To divorce your wife via text message. Oh, nice. Well, you do everything else via yeah, text message. Look it so up. It I think sense. you have to do it three times, but. You have to say, I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. I tried that, it didn't work. So I guess I'm not Saudi. <laughs> yeah. So I know a few guys that have been in bands that are big enough to be able to support themselves and tour, and most of the relationships have turned to shit and soured mm-hmm. how how have you how are you guys still together after all these years how has that worked i don't know like we kind of started dating when i wasn't in a band and and um we just kind of got to know who each other were and um and i'm pretty consistent in who i am like i don't necessarily change for different people um which is to say that I'm an asshole all the time, but 
but she's used to it. it so like, it's good and bad. It has, it has, it has pluses, <laughs> like, I'm sure. We thank yeah, you for yeah, your yeah. honesty. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, I think that has something to do with it. You know, we we started dating when I was 17. Um, we got married when I was you know, almost 22, um, and so we've been together uh, 18 years. Uh, married for 13 and 13 and a half or so. So, um, yeah, she, we just kind of grew up together and we've been through everything together and like, you know, we're, we're the constant, you know? Um, and she's not, um, she's principled and she's not a jealous person. So that's helpful. Um, there's a lot of trust in our relationship because, um, for all of my assholery, I'm not, um, I'm not an, uh, uh, an untrustworthy person when it comes to travel and being being around different people and partying and whatnot. So we've just kind of had certain principles that I think um, we've maintained and uh, and we've had a good dynamic. Um, you know, when I'm gone, she stays busy and like we text once a day and that's it. Like, be where you are, wherever you are, you know, in the moment. Um, so that's kind of. And I've seen it with my own bandmates, you know, going through relationships and whatnot, that it doesn't work when you try to live, you know, one foot at home, one foot on the road. Mm. And you're always on the phone and you're always trying to fill up this this person that you can't fill up because there's a there's a hole on the other side, you know, it's just like pouring straight through. And um, that's not sustainable. So, like, we've kind of come up with our own, you know, when you're gone, you're sort of gone. Yeah. But distance makes the heart grow fonder. So it's... it's um. It is you know, true. If you, if, if you accept that, it does work in your favor. <laughs> yeah, I, I got. I can imagine. There's, there's been. You're on tour, and you, you get on the bus, and you see somebody on the phone, and you just know, oh, this isn't good. This is. Good. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't good for us, and it's not definitely not good for them. No, I mean it's been way worse. It's been like on the phone all day long, uh, and it's like, what are you doing? You're not here. Like, just fly home. Like, we'll get someone else. Mm. Like, you know. Wow. Um, oh, from you guys. We, you guys were saying, you're not here. We can get yeah, someone I'm, else to play with us. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because like, there's, there's times, there's relationships that my bandmates have been in. It's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. There's no trust here. You think you're like being all lovey and huggy and you miss each other, but that, it's really about like insecurity, control, yeah. trust, insecurity. Yeah. And the most secure couples don't even have to say hello. They just... You know, hey, you good? I'm going to bed. Night. <laughs> That's when you know you're in a good spot, I think. <laughs> That's good. But, you know, knock on wood and all that, you know. Of course. I'm not. It, it, the race isn't won yet, you know. I like to be realistic about these things. Yeah, it takes. Especially going on your third one or on your, you know. Yeah, I know. And that third time's a charm. Yeah. Third time's a charm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it takes work. Man, it takes work. I just watched yeah. something last night. I don't remember what, but it was about the uh, just the initial burst of love, and uh, and you just you can take that and think that's what this is what it's going to be. Right. The, those endorphins are rushing, and really, it's more right. like there's a lot of lust sprinkled in there, and and love sure. is so much, something so much deeper where you can kind of. I've had we've had these peaks and valleys where there's there's times we're out of sync and the communication is not quite off and then times where it's clicking right. again 
even after 14, 15 years, it's like, man, yep. this is like, this is like the beginning. This is great. I figured it out. This is going to happen all the time, but yeah. it, it doesn't. But the work, being aware of it and knowing that there's work yeah, and it's fulfilling all the same is, is a good thing, I think. Yep. I mean, that whole chemical high that you get when you're, that we call in love is really just the infatuation at the beginning, the honeymoon phase or whatever. And mm-hmm. they've actually traced that to a chemical in your brain that, um, that's why they say give it a year because that's about as long as it lasts. Yeah. Nine, nine to 12 months. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's there for a reason. It's good for pair bonding, but, um, for long term, you can't rely on it. Love is something a lot different than uh, than being high. <laughs> <laughs> Although you can use that too as a as a yeah. means to boost attraction and affection, Jeff. Really? Yes. But you probably yeah. get drug tested, Jeff, right? Yeah, I've never done marijuana. <laughs> never done highness. <laughs> Jolt cola, right? That's about it. Jolt. Mm. <laughs> oh throwback. You get so you're in Washington. That's is yeah. it totally is marijuana totally legal there? It's recreational yes. and everything. Yeah. yeah, it's been recreational. That was before for, California. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We've been at it a while. In fact, my house probably no, you can't see it through the trees right now. It's a giant recreational marijuana sign behind my house. <laughs> <laughs> it's like pipes and paraphernalia, recreational twenty one plus. Um I forget what it's called. <clears throat> I haven't been there yet. <clears throat> um which I should. I should stop by. Actually, I, I did go there. I found someone's ID and um, and uh, credit card on the street, and I picked it up, and I was like, oh, no, this poor guy. And then I looked down, and I was like, it was he was probably just at the pot shop. Yeah. So <laughs> I walked in, and they're like, can I see your ID? He's like, no, but here, you can have this guy's ID. Did, you know, have you seen this guy in here? He's like, yeah, I think he's in here about an hour ago. Yeah, he'll be back. <laughs> And uh, so I was like, "All right, well, you can have it." And he's like, "Well, thanks, man. You know, it's a good way, way to be a good neighbor." <laughs> thanks, man. I was man. like, "You know, just it's the local pot shop is like the local saloon nowadays." Yeah. And I was like, "Everyone just just really? turn in." Wow, <laughs> just, well, a, that's where you get your neighbor neighborhood news. <laughs> for a while, it was the vape shop. People were hanging out in vape shops, uh, smoking. I think it un- up and underagers and and um and NA folks probably. Yeah. That's where the vape shop's uh, action is, for sure. Yeah. Everybody needs community. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, you... Man, okay. I just... Okay. Okay. I just... Mm-hmm. I had something related to pot and stuff. Uh, oh, marijuana, yeah. Like, heat up already? No. For, for Mr. Uh, Maddie here? No? What? What? Okay. What is my stance on legalization? Or? Uh, I'm guessing you're okay with it. <laughs> yeah, sure. I like. Uh, yeah. I, I I like to I like to uh, undermine the black market as much as possible. Yeah. Put the Capones out of business. Mm. Yeah. Which for yeah. me includes everything. Like I'm I'm okay with just about everything being illegal yep. or being legal. Yeah. Re- regulated. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Sure. Yeah, but I'm, that's then, just then it's my, not killing people. My yeah. libertarian nature is <coughs> coming forward. Yep, we all have that somewhere in us. Yeah, I think most people do. They just don't know mm-hmm. it. Yep. So, so you've grown up fundamentalist, and being in a band that a lot of people probably think you're Christian or think you're a Christian band. I don't. 
know sure. that you guys have ever had that label or or like profess to have that label? It's been put on us. Yeah. Um, but we've never claimed or um played into that. Um I don't know. I mean it's it's all it's all subjective, like right. how much you play into it, right? But we've never claimed it, we've never we've never liked Christian rock. We don't listen to those bands. Like all the stuff we're influenced by is just like music music. Right. Like not not church music or anything like that. So we don't, you know, we never really identified as, as a Christian rock band. And, you know, half the guys in the band weren't and aren't Christian. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I have that, like I said, that linguistic framework and I have those ideas and I have, I think I have probably the most um, interest in faith, maybe, Um and the metaphysical than, than the rest of the guys, but I mean, to, to, to some degree, you know, some of the other ones too. But um, so that's, you know, when I put the lyrics in there, then people identify, people can hear those trigger words. You mm-hmm. know? Like if I say, uh, I don't know, Dead Rose, Dead Rose from the Grave. If I say that and that's like a play on words, people go, oh, yeah, no more, talk- no more talking about sorrow and shame. No more sorrow and shame. Yeah, yeah it, these are got this is like, these are gospel hymns, you know, like that's the lyrics from that. That's, that's my childhood. We, we didn't have music in the church. We all just opened the hymnals and sang. Right. And so those lyrics from, you know, the time of being four years old on up and that old English and that King James and all that, you know, that's what framed my vocabulary really. And the way I think about the deeper metaphysical topics. So, so naturally people are going to be like, wow, you know, he's one of us. Um, but I never, like I said, I grew up feeling like I wasn't, I didn't belong. So I don't really like to fit in with whatever they're about. (laughs) (laughs) So then when you, when you say God, God goddamn or fuck it, it's like, what? I thought you guys, you guys were Christians. Yeah. You guys are Christians. I think, yeah. Um, that can be shocking, um, but um, like I said, the, the thing that the thing that I'm most concerned about is being real, um, and not everything we've ever made is for all ages. Like I wouldn't play certain things for my kids. Um, I think people make a lot of excuses if they think you're a Christian band. Um, they will, you know, I don't know. It'll cover over a host of sins, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you don't cross the line of vocabulary. So like, you know, previous records, I've had a lot of very critical lyrics of established religion and authority figures and power and, um, drugs and alcohol and all this stuff, you know, and sex and everything's in all of our albums. Mm -hmm. But, um, but I stayed within, I played within the vocabulary that was deemed accessible or acceptable by by uh whatever the the dominating culture of christian Christianity is so it's so interesting you 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 stay within the lines so it actually doesn't you have a certain meaning with certain songs that would if if let's just say a a a young Christian person that's like is concerned about whether or not you smoke or you say a certain word or if you're drink- if you're seen drinking at a show, as long as you're saying within the lines, it doesn't matter what the songs actually mean. It just matters. You don't use certain things that have right. letters rearranged a certain way, no matter the yeah, meaning. Yeah, yeah, and it's 
it it is a it is a purity culture, even if it's kind of sold as not, because it's like you, you it's an orthodoxy, and if you if you step outside, then that's heresy, and it's weird what where we draw those lines. For me, it's like I have a vocabulary that includes all of the words, mm-hmm. and there's none that I won't use. Oh, and that's offensive. <laughs> um, but it's me, and when I'm writing a song, I have to do me, you know, and if I didn't do it. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> like yeah. if I couldn't do me, I wouldn't write these songs. I wouldn't put these records out. Um, and you know, there were times in the past where I did make adjustments um, based on like producers in my band um, saying, "Hey, do this, do this." You know. So you it were probably the same thing. more ready earlier than <coughs> you were probably more ready earlier to to be more expressive or expand the vocabulary in a way. But you held yeah, back I until mean, now. Yeah, I think the first time I I really had an idea that I edited was on Phoenix, which was, I don't know, five, six years ago. But before that, I don't think I really thought in those terms. Like, I, I didn't think, because, um, like, colloquially, I, I use all the words, you know, just to express an emotion. I feel like they all have value. Um, so... But yeah, I mean, as far as the, and that's just with the word fuck, right? But mm-hmm. like, the goddamn, I think, is a beautiful play on words, and I, I, I'm sad that some people can't hear past that. Yeah, that's the one that bums <laughs> me out, too. Like, because it's, it's so, um, it's saying there is no goddamn thing in sight. It's all deemed good in his eyes. Which is a way of of sort of alluding to original blessing, and that uh, there's, there's there's nothing is condemned, and um, and I could have said there is no condemned thing in sight, but that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's so you know, it's ironic so, too that the from my perspective, the people that are pushing back against that particular lyric are generally more literal with their biblical interpretation or whatever. And yet they're not interpreting what you're saying literally, which is a good thing. What well, well, you're saying literally, yeah. if you like, there's no goddamn well, thing they in should, sight. They sh- so yeah, and when the song first came out, or shortly after Zach played it, and um, and he was kind of asking if I had any like, you know, if I had a problem with that that the use of that, and I thought it was I thought it was an appropriate use of of the word or the the phrase um but for people i that that are more literal i think they would be more interested in okay what does he mean that there is not anything that's uh condemned like what what is mm-hmm. like because that because that's more important than just saying that, so they yeah. yeah what is this guy universalist yeah. it's even more offensive than the word right well, because uh yeah. did you get more of that or more of the just the fact that you used the word um, it was just sort of a general, you sold out to mainstream for oh. money, which is, um, ridiculous because if we were going to sell out anywhere, we'd sell out to the church. It pays way better <laughs> than the clubs. 50, um, 55 million people listen to Hillsong, uh, every Sunday. Yeah. Hillsong songs. Exactly. Like 55. Wow. And that was a couple of years ago, I think. That's a lot. They, they're doing really well. Yeah. Um, so you don't, you don't sell out to the mainstream. The church pays you really well if you stay with, within the boundaries. And I don't, you know, 
for me, it's like I'm not – I don't think of it in terms of like who am I trying to reach. I, I think that's that's a way of – it almost feels like propaganda to me. Like I'm trying to reach and convince people. Mm-hmm. No, this is pure expression. This is what I feel in the moment. This is a moment that I have that I'm recording down. And I might not feel it now. And I might not feel it five minutes later. But that's what I felt. Yeah. And that's what it is. And you can take it or leave it. I'm not trying to convince you of some way of life or some theological axiomatic truth claim that you have to agree to or it might poison the well. Or like I don't know. Like All that stuff is just all propaganda to me and I'm not interested in, I'm not interested in convincing people of anything. I'm just trying to express myself. And if I start tailoring it because, oh, some people might take it this way or that way, then I'm tailoring my, I'm, 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 I'm tailoring my expression and I'm ultimately li- limiting myself. And myself is offensive sometimes, a lot of the time. I, should I be less? I don't know, maybe. But sometimes I think it gives people permission to be who they are, whatever that is. And there's no judgment. You know, I, like, I, I, I am not going to judge you if you want to say whatever it is. That's on your mind. That's why Jeff. Go ahead. That's why Jeff voted for Trump and gave him a thousand dollars. How much did you give him? <laughs> Two fifty. <laughs> that's the maximum. right? Two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, and now I get. He meant to give twenty five. Now I'm going to get emails for the rest of my life. Two fifty. Anyway, says he meant to give twenty five. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but so yeah, yes. th- and these lyrics were on the whole on the Holy Water song. Um, yeah, um, and. The, this is a very spiritual song, by the it, way. That's man, that that beat, the the riff, the the bass part, like that whole setup is just. I love hearing the beginning of that song where it just. Uh, but at the end, uh, there's a, a lyric that you say. Um, that uh, every breath in hell is heaven sent. Every breath inhaled. Oh wow! Yeah. But you thought yeah. so too. Well, because I heard you say it, and then I was like, "Oh, is he saying it?" Which no, 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 no. And I'm actually no. I, I, some people, some I people got that, but I would say every breath inhaled, because uh, uh, I don't necessarily have a theology of hell, so I wouldn't even uh, uh, okay. try to make a claim about that. But, okay. Um, I would say inhaled. Yeah, like it's all, it's all, it's all. Oh thing. man. Okay, I'll start so, listening to the song again. For the record, I was pre- yeah. I was prepared to go along with you if you had a theology of hell, because because I'm like, heaven and hell, I think might be the same place, and it's just how hey, you receive. Hey, two sides of the same coin. Yeah, well, I'm not going to listen to the song anymore. It's all how you experience. how you experience reality. Yeah. What if heaven and hell are the same place? It's just all in your perspective. I, I seriously, I I think that. <laughs> I, yeah. I I would never say like that's the way it is because I'm trying to be done no, saying that. But sorry, I throw this heretical stuff. Yeah, out I'm totally sympathetic to that. Me. So I was prepared to <laughs> defend you against Scott because hey, Scott was triggered. I just hey sure <laughs> sure if the if you know the lake of fire where it's Satan and the false prophet and the you know the beast are if that's sure okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, do you feel better no. though? Doesn't that feel good? I man, so I I love that song, um, 
And I do have a problem with another lyric. Um, <laughs> but please tell me. <laughs> well, no, I, okay. It's not. It's it's just maybe the meaning. So it's um, that we're all. So should I forget it? I'm gonna paraphrase it, but it's uh, that like every cell in our body is from a star or something like that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what you meant by that. Well, it is, um, so it's a fact that um, matter doesn't disappear. When right. you die, it just gets recycled. It's right? either created or destroyed. So, like, all of the, all of the particles, that, the matter, the subatomic particles that are part of this Earth and our bodies um, were part of stars like the heavy metals in your body were part of, like that's where they were formed in the core of stars the point. guns and roses and all that stuff yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know I appreciate you answering him Matt but you're making a mistake you should have just turned it back on him what does it mean to you Scott it's art you know well that's true that's true but what what I'm actually referring to is like I I, I was lis- I was listening to science podcast and my mind was getting blown so it, it was literally like wow that is crazy that like you know this stuff just doesn't come we don't come right. from nowhere right you know but then you say like we eat food and then yeah yeah but then you say a billion years ago yeah yeah you like some sort well, of yeah. earther or what uh yeah that yeah okay i could I, yeah. I guess i listened to the i listened to the scientists i guess you know um, that's what they told me so yeah. and, I'll let that. I'll let that go for now. I guess. All right. Mm. Wow. Well, that's good. I'm. You're not a flat earther, too, are you? Ooh. Um, well, how do you explain? <laughs> <laughs> the you Van explain? Allen belt. How do you explain? You know, it's. Do you see those pictures from? How do you describe? <laughs> I love it goes from east to west. The ch- it's flat as it is wide. <laughs> hey, the chi- the chi- uh, the China landed on the dark side of the moon, but all the pictures are fake. Come on. Okay. Come on. Okay. You know what Scott's right, good at? On. Scott's good at um Thank you, Zach. I'm good at a lot. Moving on. We're all good at talking about conspiracy theories and scott won't let you know whether he believes it or not he'll just keep going whatever is kind of, yeah that. yeah it's more fun to just um consider right as long as you're not trying to indoctrinate me because i'm like you know get out of here right. you're you know that's not reality you don't get to tell me what yeah. reality right. is buddy <laughs> right but if you want to explore i'm there with you i'll explore yeah no i i um i first heard <laughs> the classic crime well zach, heard, zach turned me on to the bad christian podcast and then um I forget when all roads lead back to them. Yeah, that's. Really I, I forget bad. when, but then they. Sorry. Uh, there's one or two episodes where they they played some of your as bumper music. Uh, they played, okay. and I was like, I'm gonna check these guys out, and like, man, it was pretty much a media. Like, and this is like my top one or two bands. It's literally your jam. This is like. It's like August Burns Red and Classic <laughs> Crime. Well, that's good. Or like one and two, and I can't decide. But it was like immediate. And I'm just saying. Well, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's good company to be. <laughs> yeah. And going like, so I'm all truth is going back right before you said that. All truth is God's truth is how I'm, I try to look at things. So like the mm-hmm. exploring and the 
even like listening to people that seem like they're quackery and like having an open <laughs> mind is is uh, sure. super beneficial that I, I feel like is getting lost a little bit these days. There is a yeah, there is a paradox or a tension that I think you have to hold. You have to hold like you have to hold the known, like what you know, and the unknown at the same time. If you go too far one direction, you become a rigid authoritarian jerk off if you hold too much of the known and you're rejecting all new updates. And if you go into this realm where it's just like, well, I'm not going to I don't care what the science is and you just go straight like Bigfoot lives in my backyard, then uh then you're losing the plot too. So it's about like kind of having your 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 foot in either side in either puddle. Yeah. And yeah, that's a good way to navigate the world. I think. Yeah, and Big, Bigfoot might live in your backyard in Seattle. You're out in Seattle. He might, but you also have to get the data. You know? Right, exactly. The known, you have to know things. You have to get the DNA. You know, you can't just speculate all day. Yeah, long. you got to shoot him. <laughs> shoot him, preferably yeah. a lung shot, double lung. You know, um, <laughs> so it doesn't so run stupid. too far. Right. Then, so then you get his DNA. Um. <clears throat> It's getting late there, Scott. All right, well, maybe we'll, we'll try to land this thing. We mentioned, I mentioned Scott. Scott's kind of a troll. What's up with Don't Feed what? the Trolls? You meant to, what, is how that, is that a transition? Is that, oh, I, it's not great, but I, I was working. It's off the cuff. There's <laughs> always a segue to you being a troll, so yeah. let's get on with it. You you were a part of, or Don't Feed the Trolls is your podcast. What It's been a yes. little while, and I enjoy those episodes, by the way. What's going on with that? Thank you. Um, well, Nate kind of, um, went through a bit of a, um, a trying period where he was, um, experiencing bouts of depression and, and insomnia. Mm. And, um, and so he was trying to figure out what was wrong with that. And for a while there, he thought it was his diet and he was, he had been tapering off some medication. And so we just decided to pause it, um, because he could never record. Um, but he's getting better now. So, um. He's been texting me lately, like, what are we going to do? Good. Um, but, of course, I'm super busy with um, tour and record and stuff like that. So I, I like podcasting. I like doing the podcast. I don't know that it's, like, my calling in life. Nice use of um, calling with our podcast. We appreciate that word. I don't like to yeah. – t- yeah, exactly. I don't. I just don't feel like – It's not my calling is, either. Yeah. But let's go. yeah, the Lord has not called me to, to yelling into microphones yeah. in that way. Yeah. In that way, other different ways. So I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see what I want to like record a bunch of podcasts for um, the upcoming record, and and I want to um, do some stuff on the road too with people I stop uh, I stop with and get some interviews in. So we'll see what happens. But there, we're, we've stopped doing weekly episodes, so we've put out like one a month the last few months. So, um, so I'm a little bit nervous about you playing at Zach's house uh, coming up <coughs> next month. Because I have a tendency to sing along. Mm, you should. But I can't. The problem is I have no idea how to sing. Mm. And I'm afraid of I might throw you off um, because my timing is off as well. So You seem pretty soft-spoken, though. So like, I doubt that you'll be anywhere near my volume. Man, if you play like Salt in the Snow or <laughs> uh, uh, what's that air thing, the air one. Uh, who who, who needs, needs air? air? Sure, you like the six eight balance. Man, okay, I, the, the acoustic. Oh, man, I that's I play. It, I I love that acoustic EP. Yeah, man. yeah. Two thousand seven. That up. 
back when we were just children. Mm. Ah. Um, yeah, we'll do that. Well, you guys got to get some more people out to that show. This, California sucks, man. Nobody comes to shows I anymore. Yeah. What's the deal? I don't know. I don't know. Is there is there like what's your is there a threshold where you're like you know what I know I'm kind of like general vicinity but this thing is just not going to happen. <laughs> if I'm in the vicinity, I'll probably just do it. There's no. I mean, it's more about the experience. I'm not. I don't care. Like if I had to drive out of the way four hours, um, then I'd be like, yeah, it's not worth the gas money. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, Riverside's <laughs> like I'm, I'm just Riverside's only I'm practical. I, well, depending on when you time yeah. of the day. I mean, I'm out there. I'm out there anyways. I came all the way there. I'm not going to bum people out. Where so you? I'll and if you're stay, if you're going to stay local, there's a there's a uh, RV park. Man, we can have a we can have a campfire. I just had my trailer out there uh, last weekend. I will pull my trailer out. You have your RV. We have a campfire. Oh, that'd be sweet, Scott. That would be the, sweet. Book the, us. Um, yeah, that when we were talking about Scott's home, we were kind of la- Jeff and I were laughing because <laughs> yeah. he sold, he owned a place, he sold it, uh, bought a truck, was living in just the truck, and then he recently bought a trailer and he's kind of parked local. He takes it different places and he's well, really kind of settled. I'm in the truck right now. So you're, when you're talking about living in your van, I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I kind of know <laughs> yeah, what that's yeah, like. Yeah. Of course, I'm not with like four dudes and my wife. But uh, he's just with four dudes. I'm just with. <laughs> <laughs> there are no women involved. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> pack pack really. it in. Pack it <laughs> in the, the truck. No, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, uh, find a corner truck, and yeah, sleep. full time. Well, we'll make it. We're going to. But that'd be cool. We're going to push hard for the event. And if you're around, you know, it'll be no. There's no rules. You you get to make the rules whether you play a show or we hang out and talk or whatever it is. Have <laughs> a campfire. Or go have a campfire. We'll do it all. Yeah. We'll do it all. Yeah. So. I'm down to camp. Seriously, I'm not. I'm not. Um, not lying. So you don't have everything set up yet. It's just kind of like see. Oh, maybe a Walmart no, parking man. lot. I guess there's a Walmart. Like I here. said, I don't. I don't like rehearsal. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like to wing it. That's the All fun right. part. All right. <laughs> well, if you if you send the, I mean, if we get the dates, I'll I'll just book two spots. Shoot, man. Well, I got a 29 foot uh, RV. Yeah, yeah. They 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 accommodate. Uh, like mine's yeah. twenty eight, so they uh, they have some bigger space. Yeah. yeah, mine's thirty. Sweet mine's thirty one. Oh, so. dude, you oh, bring wow, yours look too. At you. wow. We can do. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot. I thought you were joking, but no, you have a thirty one <laughs> foot RV. <laughs> there you go. All right, so g- give us. Let's make this push. What's the where to get people get the tickets and connections and all that stuff? Sure, theclassiccrime dot com. Um, you scroll down to see the tour dates. You can get tickets there. All tickets are pre sale, obviously, because we're not we don't have bouncers and and people at the door. It's just your name on. A My list. wife's a badass, so. though. Well, yeah, she'll bounce you if you show up, and uh, and you you're just like, I know Zach, so I'm in. It's like, no, you're out. <laughs> you didn't pay. You're out on your yep. ass. Um, no, it's 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 fine. So yeah, you just you go there, and they and then uh, I'm assuming everybody who listens to your podcast knows exactly exactly where you live. But if they don't, um, the address is sent to them in the conf- confirmation email. And uh, what else? Oh yeah, we have events on Facebook and. That's it. Cool. All right. Join them. Yeah. 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 Well, I, we didn't talk about the vocal few, um, and not that we can now, but I love vocal few too. And Thank it's, you. It's awesome. Real quick to your songwriting style, vocal few. I don't want to say it's just an acoustic classic crime, but there is a thread of songwriting that 
Oh is, yeah, I mean it's I can't, you. It's yeah. your your stain is all over it. And I mean that in the, good, in the best possible way. That's a, that's a very <laughs> that's a very apt way of putting it. Um, yeah, you know, Vocal Fuse more, I would say, more uh, folk in that it's more storytelling. Um, and I would say Classic Crime deals with sort of the meta narratives and the bigger, you know, soul longing stuff. Although Vocal Fuse dabbles, but it's a lot of um, it's a lot of specifics, which I think folk music is good for, and the the, the beats and the rhythms and everything right. are good for talking. Yeah, which I like to do. So yeah, it works. Awesome. Well, thanks for working yeah. this out. Yeah, thank you. Staying up yeah, late with us and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. guys. Good so, have you, you um, have um, you really read a, a thousand books? <laughs> <laughs> more, more right. than that. Well, to, haven't you? Uh, too bad you forgot all everything. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like 23 when I wrote that. So. He's referencing a song. So I've read, I've read like a hundred thousand that I forgot now. <laughs> yeah. No, but check out the classic crime. You'd yeah. Like it. Yeah, it's good. And Jeff, then, make your kids listen to it. And it's I already have. Yeah. I don't <laughs> have to make them. They're like. I like this. My little boy's grabbing the drums, starting to bang away. I'm like, yeah. okay, I mean, it's getting violent. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, make him listen to Holy Water and Wonder. Those are the two ones with the best lyrics. Maybe skip no. Holy Water for now. No. Um, I don't know about the Wonder one, but... Um, oh, those yeah, are explicit. Yeah, don't do the Wonder one either. <laughs> oh, I, might, I might have to skip those are adult. Those are adult topics. Yeah. All right, brother. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. In a couple weeks, we'll yeah. be in touch. Yeah. Thank you, guys. All right. All right. Take okay. care. Bye. Bye-bye.
<laughs> Man, you guys. I would swear, but I'm not supposed to. Day trade together tomorrow. We'll do it. Okay, so I tr- I looked at. Do you want to make some money? I looked at because um, I've been making. Money. I looked at money. shorting shorting sites. You need five. Shorting sites. You need five grand. From what it said, five grand minimum to open an account that will allow you to short. That might be true. I don't know what You gotta have twenty five. Like, you gotta I'm, have twenty five grand to day trade. I'm not doing that. I'm, you can't I, do. It's put it. I'm sorry. You have to. You have to have twenty five grand to do three round trips. So like you can't, you can't buy, sell, buy, sell, short, cover, and wait, wait, three round trips. Wasn't that like a? That's one of the things that Brett from the. Oh, Brett, are we still talking? Brett Kavanaugh hearing. <laughs> that was like along with the Devil's Triangle. There was three round trips. <laughs> like around the Kaaba. What are we do talking three round trips. about? Here? It's a euphemism for a party. There's keg stands. You do the Devil's Triangle. There's three round trips. Oh, by the way, I love the fact that they're after after all that they're unanimously voted him in as Supreme Court. Five, four, three, two. Love you guys. One. Love you. Ding, 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 ding.